Hello and welcome to A Smashing Theory, the ultimate prediction podcast for Super Smash Bros. and other video games. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. And Sean. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Jujube, oh. hey, Dobe, Jujubeans, da da, Redubi, Gabidi, hey, Oe, Sephira. Holy shit. <laughs> I had no idea what you were doing <laughs> until you got to Sephiroth. <laughs> <laughs> How? I, I, that was pitch perfect. I was like, what spell are you casting on me right now? <laughs> Anyway, hey guys, welcome to uh, an episode of uh, Smashing Theory that neither of us saw coming. Uh, so I guess, given the premise of the podcast, we did a bad job. Uh, but it's still exciting. Yeah. Yeah, this is an exciting episode. Action-packed. God, packed is a good word. Yes. Uh <laughs> Before we talk about the new Smash Bros. character that came out... Yeah, who, uh, who was that again? Uh, hey, hey, It's, um... Before we talk about that, uh, the Game Awards happened. Yes. And, uh, and so did an, a new indie world from Nintendo. Yes. And the new indie world was more exciting than the Game Awards. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be talking Some about highlights. Ass. We'll be talking about highlights from both. Uh, and before those things, we also have plenty of corrections from the previous episode where we predicted what would happen at the Game Awards. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I sound so excited about that. It's corrections. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, yeah, exciting. You're finally uh, on board. You're finally getting there. on board. The scale, I've balanced the scales. The Doom reboot was released in 2016. Ah. I forget which false years we both threw out, right. but, but 2016 is the year that came out. We hypothesized that Persona 5 Royal got such an incredibly good Metacritic score because, like, three people reviewed it. Uh, Persona 5 Royal's Metacritic score is based off of 71 reviews. Wow. The Game Awards 2020 had 30 award categories, and The Last of Us Part Two was nominated for 10 of them. Uh, every category, pretty much every category Last of Us 2 did not get nominated for was a category it would not have qualified for, like Best Indie or Content Creator of the Year. I just think the best indie this year is The Last of Us Part <laughs> Two. It's just, it feels so independent. <laughs> You know, given the results, <laughs> I would not have put that past the Game Awards this year. Yeah. In the last episode, I had said that uh, pretty much everyone we know personally has the video game Hades. Right. Except for my fiance Lee. Mm -hmm. uh, Lee has Hades now. How do they like it? They love it. Nice. Uh, they think it's really good. Uh, I have a feeling that at least one of the three of us will probably be talking about it somewhat. Hmm. Uh, when we do Game of the Year deliberations. A bold prediction. Next month. Daniel. But possibly up to three of us will discuss it in some capacity. A bold capacity. prediction. Uh, Omega Force is the company known for Musou games, ah. not, not Team Ninja. However, I mix it up because Team Ninja co-developed Hyrule Warriors and Fire Emblem Warriors okay. with Omega Force. I see. Yes, I don't think... They were involved in Hero Warriors 2, however, you know, Age okay. of Calamity. Right. I think that was just Omega Force with heavy supervision and assistance from Nintendo. I see. 
Bandai Namco were part of the Summer Game Fest, but I forget how. All I know is that their logo is on the Summer Game Fest page. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Clint Barton Hawkeye looks nothing like Jeremy Renner in the Avengers video game. Yeah, I looked him up as I was scrolling through the show notes, and he almost reminds me of, like, what Robin looks like in the bad Batman movie. <laughs> the shaved head and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all right. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I was definitely like, oh, he's he's studlier than Jeremy Renner in some respects. That's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, was was Jeremy Renner really picked for like the stud factor when they when he was Hawkeye? Why else do you cast somebody as Hawkeye? I mean, I don't think of him as being particularly attractive, but <laughs> a lot of people do if the internet's any indication. Hmm. Even though he just kind of like struts around on screen with the diction of somebody who just took a huge bong rip. <laughs> <laughs> now Hawkeye, we gotta do the target. Oh no, hypnotized oh. by Loki. I can't believe Jeremy Renner is guesting on our pod. Hey, I'm Jeremy Renner. How's it going? Uh, I didn't watch the Game Awards. <laughs> How do you and know? I, and I don't know what a Nintendo Switch is. <laughs> These are some bold claims about Jeremy Renner. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's our corrections. Um, Nobody is allowed to correct me on my Jeremy Renner impression. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, Sean. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Game Awards 2020 happened December 10th. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and uh, and yeah, we we predicted a lot of things. Uh, for the intent of getting to our main topic sooner, yeah, uh, we won't go over every prediction we got wrong or every prediction <laughs> sure. we got right. Uh, but we will talk about some highlights from the event. And um, I'd, I'd just like to say that in terms of predictions, I think there's a respect in which I kind of swept this. Uh, I mean, n- no, because you got a, we both got a lot wrong. I mean, I predict- you got you got two things right. I predicted that The Last of Us Two would win a whole bunch of awards, and I predicted that Mortal Kombat Two would win Best Fighting Game. Yeah, two things right. Congratulations. Yeah, but The Last of Us was huge. Yeah, congratulations, you got that right. That's one thing, man. If you had made that prediction, you would be, like, taunting me about it for the rest of this episode. <laughs> so don't even give me that. Let's just move on. Let's move on. No, Let's move on. No, 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 I might say that I got that right, but I would not then go on to claim that I swept predictions for the rest of the thing. I'm All I'm saying is that's, like, 90% of prediction points in my bank. Other stuff was small fry. Who cares if I didn't know what the licensed game was? <laughs> That's like missing one multiple choice question but getting the essay prompt right. Grand Slam, uh, touchdown, hold in one, uh, you know, three point from the half court line. So anyway, for those of us that care about a topic getting properly set up, yeah. uh, we made predictions about the game of the year. Yeah. I predicted that uh Hades would uh win in an upset. Right. Uh, and I and I hoped you would you were correct. Yeah, and and Sean predicted that uh that yeah, that Last of Us 2 would be the popular choice right. and win pretty much every award that it got. Uh and yeah, that that was uh, very correct. Last yeah. of Us Part Two won. Like, uh, um, Laura Bailey. 
right one best performance for last of us two and then did like an oscars tier uh awards speech yeah <laughs> yeah that's right she, she very long on. i mean very hey long. you know good good job laura yeah Bailey. like that was the longest victory speech oh yeah thing. yeah i i wonder if actually like other winners were told like hey don't make your speech as long as laura bailey's of course what they do the what they do at the oscars is they play you off with but music they, but, but you can't do that on <laughs> right. live stream yeah. yeah uh it won like best director mm-hmm. it won best accessibility options oh yeah that's right which i mean i've heard they were good but yeah. surely you could have highlighted another game with that award uh spider-man miles morales's accessibility options are pretty good okay um like uh like Spider-Man the first Spider-Man game was was kind of like groundbreaking in the amount of right and Miles Morales kind of brings that back sure like continued the tradition yeah uh one one thing that Miles Morales does do mm-hmm. <laughs> is uh if you select any of the accessibility options yeah uh you it's mandatory for you to opt in to Sony like tracking your use of those that's horse accessibility options Ugh. so that they can you know like uh see how effective those accessibility options right. are and 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 tweak those and utilize them better in future games but like like I understand the why yes. I just don't agree with the the, the fact with, that it's mandatory yeah. is, is like it's like <laughs> like yeah uh, have us monitor all of your gameplay, or uh, don't. <laughs> or play... good luck playing this fucking game, yeah. you colorblind bitch. Yeah, yeah. Pick like one. Like I mean, if you know you accessed accessibility options and you got a message that was like, "Hey, please consider allowing us to do this. It will really help us refine these options for future games." Yeah, I would opt in. Yeah, but the you know them like kind of foisting it upon me it just it would leave a bad taste in my mouth i agree with that yeah also mortal kombat 11 did win fighting game of the year despite it not being a fighting game that came out this year yep uh yeah uh grand blue fantasy versus was unfortunately robbed yeah well uh, yeah yeah like you know not not that it was an amazing fighting game right. but it was a fighting game that came out this but it should year. have won on a not even on a technicality but yeah, you know if, be, go, yeah. going by the book it should have won yeah essentially yeah like it's basically it should have won by default yeah but yeah uh Sh- sean was the more pessimistic of us and called both of those things happening <laughs> last of us two winning and mortal kombat 11 winning um, I hate when pessimism wins the day. But yeah, <laughs> pessimism sure won the day here. Yeah, I, I guess I'll take those platitudes and accept that I was extremely correct on both of those <laughs> points. <laughs> I, it's overwhelming the sacrifice you're making right now. Oh, I feel you're, terrible. You're braver yeah. than any U.S. Marine. <laughs> uh, so every year we predict that there's going to be some kind of surprise license game at the Game Awards that right. tends to be their. Uh, their modus operandi right (laughs) right yeah uh they do that a lot uh so we thought it would happen again this year Mm -hmm. we predicted stuff like a demon slayer game an astro boy game a power rangers game yeah uh it was none of those but it did happen yes uh they announced an evil dead game wouldn't have called that yeah with uh with bruce campbell voicing his character yeah uh good for bruce campbell yeah good good for him the people making that game who's making that game again uh i don't i don't uh who is making that game? Some some guys. Is being developed by Boss Team Games and Saber Interactive. No idea who those are. 
Oh, Saber Interactive developed uh, Quake Champions. Oh, okay. Um, and they've also done some port work. They uh, they right. did uh, Vampire and Witcher Three for the Switch. I respect that. Uh, Cramming Witcher Three into the Switch can't have been easy. Yeah. Really, you could say that they did a better job uh, porting Witcher 3 to the Switch than CD Projekt did releasing their most recent <laughs> game on modern consoles. You could, Yeah, you could probably reasonably say that without even having played Witcher 3. Yeah. But yeah, it looks like, uh, it looks like they've done a lot of different ports. Okay. And uh, Boss Team Games does not have a Wikipedia article, so All I right. don't really know what they do. Well, I'm highly confident in that game now. <laughs> they got great. a great pedigree behind them. Great. Uh, let's see. There, uh, one thing we did predict is that King of Fighters 15 would get uh, revealed, yeah. like get a gameplay reveal there. Uh, it was not shown at the TJs at all, but it did get a teaser trailer uh, like a few days prior. Right. Okay. Um, we predicted that uh, that Terry Mai, uh, th- this was really me predicting this. Yeah. That Terry Mai, uh, the f- protagonist of 14, uh, named Shune, mm-hmm. uh, a brand new character, uh, a metal slug character, and Shermie, yeah. uh, one of the canonically dead characters in the franchise, would all get revealed. Right. Um, and Sean would not stop saying Geese Howard. I don't know anyone else. <laughs> Uh, it's the only thing I know about King of Fighters. The teaser was just like pictures of three characters, right? Uh, those three characters being Shune. Hey. So I got one right. Uh, Kyo Kusanagi, who is kind of a uh, a King of Fighters staple. Okay, uh, almost more so than Terry. Really, I think they're both in every King of Fighters game. Ah. but Kyo has been the face at least once. Okay, and, and Terry's usually just like, "Hey, I'm here. I'm Terry." Right. Yeah. Uh, Pop a wave or whatever I say. <laughs> Buster Wolf. Buster Wolf. And uh, Benamaru uh, was also in the teaser. Uh, he's the guy with the big, like, long stack of blonde hair. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, iconic. Yeah, the you know, like just two guiles, like <laughs> right. like piled on top of each other. That's, yeah, that's Benamaru's hair. Right. Um. Yeah, it was just kind of it was just kind of art of those characters and an announcement that the full reveal of the game would be January 7th, 2021. Right. You know, this is our, like, this is not like new material, but I'm so sick of announcements of announcements. Like there, there were a couple of them when Disney plus was like, here's all the shit we're doing for the next several years. Um, there's this new series coming out or it's in development, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, yeah. uh, being directed by Patty Jenkins and the quote unquote trailer was her suiting up at an airport to fly a plane while talking about the series. That's not a trailer. <laughs> I like you, Patty Jenkins. That's not a trailer. <laughs> you know, good for King of Fighters fans, obviously. I'm sure that that's exciting that there's a new game coming. Do you have any predictions for the full reveal? No. <laughs> Uh, do you i i think uh at least one of the characters i mentioned okay that did not that were not teased will will be in like the full trailer cool so either terry my or shermy i don't okay. think a metal slug character i, I was just kind of tossing something out there sure i i think a metal slug character could show up but i think they'll wait on like characters from alternate dimensions and shit all right cool what do you think about my favorite guy whose first name is a waterfowl <laughs> Uh, I think he, I think he's got potential to be in the game. Mm-hmm. I don't really think he'll be in the first trailer. Okay. Yeah. 
Also, I think the game will look good. Cool. I, yeah. I hope so. That'd yeah. be really neat. They're they're really taking their time on showing off on showing the game itself. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's because they really don't they they really want the vertical slice that they show us to look as good as it's going to look when they release it. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. And uh, and yeah, then uh, the last thing I'll bring up in terms of stuff that we predicted mm-hmm. is that uh, we said that Elden Ring would finally make an appearance. Right. Uh, it did not, but it did win most anticipated game. <laughs> right. Uh, but it didn't show up at all. So the rest of this is stuff that we didn't really predict or even talk about, but mm-hmm. uh, but stuff that, you know... Uh, stuff that I consider highlights of the the most interesting things to talk about. Sure. Um, Perfect Dark got a revival announcement. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that's that's neat. Mm-hmm. We we did. Uh, this actually does kind of qualify because we did say that there would be some cool Microsoft next gen announcement. Yes, I think Perfect Dark qualifies. Yeah, yeah. I hope it's uh, good. Yeah, because obviously the pedigree there is quite strong. Like Goldeneye revolutionized first-person shooters. Perfect yeah. Dark original was considered to be quite good. You know, it would it would suck if it sucked. The new Perfect Dark game is uh, coming from Xbox Game Studios' uh, new game development company that they made just for this reboot, basically. Oh, uh, called the Initiative. Hmm, that's ominous. They've they've actually got some big names behind the initiative. Ooh, it's being run uh, by Doctor No, and Goldfinger is the. It's being led by Daryl Gallagher, who was previously the studio head of Crystal Dynamics. Oh, okay. Um, the team also includes Daniel Newberger, the director of Tomb Raider and Rise of the Tomb Raider. Well, uh, Christian Kentamessa, the writer of Red Dead Redemption. Ha. Uh, Drew Murray, the director of Sunset Overdrive. Okay. Uh, and Brian Westergaard, the lead producer of God of War. Nice. Uh, and it also includes talents from Bioware, Naughty Dog, Respawn, Sony Santa Monica, Blizzard, Insomniac, and Rockstar. Well, I hope it's good. Yeah. I mean, uh, at the very least, I I did like the writing of Red Dead Redemption, so maybe yeah. it will also be written well. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine, like, Joanna Dark, like, uh, like you know, like, emerging from the shadows and being like, shucks. <laughs> I forgot my horse in that secret laboratory. <laughs> I shouldn't have talked to none. Ah, oh, the U.S. Marshals are going to get me for that, even though I'm in England. <laughs> the Red Dead Redemption guy only knows how to write cowboy. <laughs> They just no cast, matter the setting. They cast John Marston's voice actor <laughs> to play Joanna Dark. Yeah. Uh, I gotta stop that carriage. That's a car. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, but yeah, it's it's got potential to be good. Uh, brand new, unproven studio. Who knows? But right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, at the very least, the brand new Unproven Studio is made up of some proven people. It sure is. Uh, Sea of Solitude, uh, a game that my fiance Lee brought up during last year's Game of the Year deliberations, right. uh, is getting a new version called Sea of Solitude Director's Cut. Yeah. Uh, March 4th, 2021 on the Switch. And it's fixing a thing we all hated about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one, one of uh, Lee's big complaints about sea of solitude was that like the voice acting was clearly like people in the studio that yeah. had never voice acted before 
uh, Sea of Solitude Director's Cut is getting a new script, uh-huh. which is also nice. Yes. And a new voice acting cast. Uh, yeah. That, like, they... They, there are some clips of it in the trailer, and everyone does sound better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I mean, assuming Lee chooses to play it again, you know, I'm excited to see the differences. Yeah, they're, they're leaning towards doing that. Cool. Uh, they they might. We'll, we'll see. Okay. Uh, speaking of new versions of things, Disco Elysium Final Cut, a console version with full voice acting, uh, is coming out next year cool the trailer at the game awards was only for the ps4 version that's coming Mm. out march 2021 right they said after the fact that switch and xbox versions were also coming in summer 2021 okay so so i'll get it for the switch six months from now yeah yeah or you know six to eight months from now i guess summer is long it is but not as long as winter in chicago (laughs) winter is five months basically I mean, f- f- fiscal years don't really account for that, so... Well, I account for it when I'm freezing for five months. All right, Sean. Yeah. So, here's here's my favorite announcement of the Game Awards, actually. Which, this is cool, but it's also sad that it's your favorite announcement <laughs> of the Game Awards. So, they announced, uh, they announced a new remake of Ghosts and Goblins, or right. Ghouls and Ghosts, one of those. Yeah, yeah. That franchise. Yeah. You know the one. Um, and then after that, uh, uh, that, that game is for the Switch. It looks neat. It looks mm-hmm. like, it looks like ghouls and ghosts and goblins. Yeah. Uh. Who doesn't like a good ghoul? Who doesn't love a good ghost? Yeah. Who doesn't love a good goblin? <laughs> Don't like the... I couldn't the... think of another, uh, verb to describe my so, feelings. So you just made your previous verb a hornier. Well, you know. <laughs> Uh, and then they followed up that, that wasn't my favorite announcement. Mm -hmm. Uh, they followed it up with an announcement of the Capcom arcade stadium. Yes. Uh, which is coming to the switch. It's a compilation of 32 Capcom arcade games. Yeah. Uh, some of which have never, uh, never gotten like a re-release. I don't think. Right. Uh, A lot of them have, but this will be a nice, cool little bundle. Mm -hmm. Um, and basically uh, it's coming out February, 2021, uh, it'll be a free download that comes with 1943, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then you can kind of buy the rest like via bundles. Right. Uh, you can buy like there's three different bundles of ten games that you can buy, or you can just you know buy the whole thing as a full price game. Yeah. The arcade releases cover 1984 to 2001. Okay. And there's a lot of games you would kind of expect, right? Like Street Fighter Two and Final Fight. Sure. And, uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, Bionic Commando, 1942. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also definitely kind of some like hidden gems in there, like uh, like Battle Circuit, which in, which features like a girl riding a robot flamingo as a playable character. <laughs> I mean, I like that. Um, Cyberbots is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, ca- the the Captain Commando video game. Ah. Uh, Strider. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Um, The packs that they're releasing Mm -hmm. are kind of like, uh, they bundle them kind of by like release years. Okay. Like uh, like pack one is called Dawn of the Arcade and it covers 1984 to 1988. Nice. Pack two is called Arcade Revolution, which covers 1989 to 1992. Mm -hmm. And pack three is called Arcade Evolution, which covers 92 to 2001. Okay. Um, And yeah, that's... That's neat. I oh, That's cool. Yeah, you 
you listeners of ours probably know that I love I love preservation of older games. He does love that. And uh and re-releases. Like I if, do too. Yeah. Like when when you give me an old game that I missed out on before like on a new platform, I really appreciate that. Like yeah. it's nice. Yes. Yes it is. Yeah, that that was an announcement I liked a whole lot, but that was also that's also kind of a small announcement. Yeah, I was like, I was reflecting on what I'm the most excited about, and what's sad is that it's probably the Sea of Solitude director's cut. Not because I ever plan on playing that game, but because that game needed a director's cut so badly <laughs> that it, I'm just excited that it'll become more accessible to people. Yeah, yeah, it did need new voice acting, like. Because that was a really cool game, yeah. But the delivery of the voice acting would kind of undermine a lot of otherwise really emotional scenes. Yeah, no, like the lead girl would be walking around like, "I'm so sad right now." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the last uh, last couple things to talk about at the Game Awards. One was just like, <laughs> so like this trailer. Uh, <laughs> this trailer just like starts playing and what is clearly a mo-capped Vin <laughs> Diesel is like a caveman yeah uh and that just that just goes on yeah for, like uh, too long yeah for like eight minutes and I was sitting there thinking Turok <laughs> yeah what you did this? say you did say Turok <laughs> partway through I, I thought that wasn't a bad guess but it was a bad guess. At the and end like, of the and, day. and Vin Diesel's mocap was weird because like there were a couple shots where we're like, oh my god, that's Vin Diesel. Right. That is nobody but Vin Diesel. <laughs> and then like the it would go on and you'd see him from different angles and be like, oh, is that just someone? Right. Is that just someone who looks vaguely like Vin Diesel? That oh, they... hey, it's Vin Diesel. No, it's a little bald man. Oh, it's Vin <laughs> Diesel. Oh, it's a little bald man. Uh, anyway, who is that man? Anyway, the trailer was for Arc 2. <laughs> yeah, which I never would have guessed in a million years. Yeah, uh, which is also getting an animated series with, like, a really absurdly, like, yeah. high-profile voice cast. Like, clearly that game has made some money. Yeah, I which I would not have guessed. No, me neither. I, it seems so shitty from a distance. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, Arc's actually this whole franchise. There's this game that <laughs> that, like... That we that I I constantly get used copies of like where I work uh-huh. uh, called Pixark oh. and it's uh and I it it's it's basically like Minecraft like it uses kind of that voxel uh-huh. uh style but you know but in the Arc universe I guess huh and I like I didn't realize until recently that oh that's an Ark spin-off. That is a spin-off of the Ark franchise. That's wild. It's Minecraft with dinosaurs. I really thought that Ark was just like a shitty early access game that people were into for a little while, but they're out here like making a TV show and yeah. <laughs> Vin Diesel. So I yeah, good job, guys, I guess. Yeah. We do sell Pixark where I work for like ten bucks and and people still hesitate to buy it so Ooh, not yeah. good arc guys yeah um but maybe that's just you know maybe sure. that's just the market where i'm at yeah uh, yeah i feel like where i work is not where people who love arc <laughs> survival evolved <laughs> want to go they do an annual pilgrimage to your store every year <laughs> they buy pix arc and then they return it so it's a it's actually a religious ritual yeah it's uh yeah yeah 
Yeah, the animated series will feature uh, Madeline Madden, Michelle Yeoh, Gerard Butler, Jeffrey Wright, David Tennant. Oh, I forgot how wild that was. Zane McLaren, Zane McLarnan. I don't know all of these names, sure. but I'm saying all of these names. Devery Jacobs, Raga Ragnars, Elliot Page. Wow. Carl Urban. <laughs> Holy Malcolm shit. McDowell Holy from shit. like from Mad TV. Yeah. Uh Deborah Mailman. <laughs> who, who has this unfortunate name? Deborah Mailman. Uh, is it like as in postal worker? Yeah, mail M-A-I-L-M-A-N. That is Deborah's last name. Deborah Mailman. I wasn't sure if it was that or if Deborah if the last name was just like masculine but twice. <laughs> Mailman. Deborah Mailman has been in stuff. I haven't seen any of it. Okay. Um well, Ju- Juliet Mills, Alan Tudyk. God. Ron Ron Yuan. Ron Juan. Ron. You won. <laughs> Russell Crowe. Holy shit. <laughs> and Vin Diesel. Oh my god. Yeah. How? That's yeah, I that mean, will that will be the voice cast of the Arc animated series. So much goddamn money. Yeah. How much money can they pot I mean, they must have dumped so much money into the casting of that. Yeah. I would love to see their budget. Yeah, like man. Let's see. Reception, sales. Russell Arc, fucking Crow. Ark Survival Evolved. Within a month of its early access release on Steam, Ark had sold over 1 million copies. Oh, By August 2016, so this number has not been updated in four years, Yeah, the game had over 5.5 million sales across both Windows and Xbox One, Christ. with about 1.5 million from the Xbox One platform. Wow. I gotta make a survival game. <laughs> How hard can it be? Oh, easy peasy. <laughs> Game development is easy. Yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> Get with the program. <laughs> program. program. Oh, and that's joke. before it released on the Switch. Although wow. the Switch version was uh, panned by critics for being notably downgraded. Uh, in order for it to adequately run on the console. Right. Being criticized for its low resolution and frame rate, minimal level of detail, Blurry texturing, low poly models, stability <laughs> issues, and loading times. I'm just imagining like you're running around, it's five frames a second, and then suddenly like a T-Rex that's made out of blocks shows up. <laughs> the 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 Switch version of Ark looks like Minecraft, right? Which inspired them to make Pixark. Eurogamer likened the Switch port to a poorly compressed JPEG version of an impressionist painting. <laughs> So that's, a, Ooh, that's a sick burn, you're that a gamer. Stings. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I guess I guess they made so much money and that they spent all of it on this voice cast for the animated series. Okay. Really like that was such a wild announcement that like they I feel like they could have put a little more razzle dazzle on that and made yeah. that like the last announcement of the game awards. Yeah. It would have been kind of weird, but I think it would have like it would have been better than what they did instead which was uh mass effect will continue yeah whoa like i mean andromeda was such a smashing success that th- that's I can't help that's, a, that's a thing about why i'm kind of baffled that they closed with that yeah because bioware's last two games were mass effect andromeda 
an anthem. Right. <laughs> That's true. And another thing they announced at the Game Awards was like they they showed another like cinematic trailer for Dragon Age 4. Right. Uh, which I think they're just calling Dragon Age. Okay. Uh which actually is kind of that's kind of cool because the first Dragon Age game was called Dragon Age Origins. Ah, uh, yeah. There's no Dragon Age game that's huh. just called Dragon Age. Interesting. So that's kind of clever. Yeah. But other than that, like you're trying to get us hyped for these new BioWare releases, but right. you you have not like rebuilt the faith that you need for us to be excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, and like Andromeda was like a major disappointment. Mm-hmm. Anthem, uh, like just did bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, I mean that shattered any remaining goodwill that Bioware had. Right. Yeah. Like they were kind of building that up. It's like, don't worry. I know Andromeda had problems, <laughs> but this is our comeback. Right. And then. Uh, and then it wasn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. So like, yeah, you're you're trying to get us excited about Bioware games again, but we like you're doing it with with trailers that have no gameplay, right? And no like game visuals. Mm-hmm. Like you're not showing us how the game looks or how mm-hmm. the game plays, and like we need we need that to be excited about your stuff again. You need to rebuild that goodwill with us. Yeah, I mean, in particular, you can't even call the Mass Effect thing a trailer. That was Patty Jenkins getting into a fighter jet, you know? <laughs> that was not a trailer. Like, I, I saw someone on Twitter mm-hmm. make a tweet uh, that pointed out that that was less of a trailer and more of a marketing move, right. more of a, hey, the remaster's coming out next year, <laughs> and we want you to feel like... By buying the remaster, you are investing in our future. Uh-huh. Right? Like, like play through the first three Mass Effect games, and maybe buy Andromeda if you want, because doing that will right. will, will prepare you for the continuation that's coming. It's mm-hmm. totally coming, even though uh, all you saw was, like, a spaceship with a 7 on it or something. <laughs> yeah. Fuck and, Bioware. And like that, you know, that's fine as an announcement. That's fine as a marketing play. But like that, it just was not an exciting way to end the Game Awards. No, but I mean, then again, last time they did that Fast and Furious thing. So like, clearly, they're okay. having trouble ending shows. Mass Effect will continue more or less exciting than the Fast and Furious announcement. They're both so unexciting to me that I can't compare them logically. Oh, yeah, maybe not. Maybe more exciting is a better way to put it, but a, was that announcement executed worse or better <laughs> than the Fast and Furious thing? Like, I think that the Fast and Furious thing, they tried harder, but, like, it was just clearly so bad yeah. that I feel as though the Mass Effect announcement will be more successful in terms of translating to sales of the property. I <laughs> I think I think the Mass Effect announcement just has a bit of an edge. It's slightly better yeah. because <laughs> like at least there's room to speculate that the new Mass Effect game won't be garbage when right. it comes out in 2027. Right. But, like, we saw the Fast and Furious game, yeah. and that looks like ass. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. That was embarrassing. Yeah, that that was embarrassing. Yeah. Like, you brought poor Vin Diesel uh-huh. all the way to, this, to the soundstage, 
to to cry on on stage about how happy he was to be around gamers uh-huh. and that's what you had to show for it you know i will say that out of vin diesel's two most recent game awards appearances the one with arc was probably better than that one <laughs> yeah he, <laughs> he he was the one that made a comeback right yes yes exactly. vin diesel redeemed himself vin diesel is the true winner of the game awards <laughs> ain't that the truth <laughs> Uh, and with that, uh, those are Game Awards highlights. Game Awards sucked this year. <laughs> like, I, I can't think of a way to more eloquently describe how I felt about that show. It was not good. Yeah, like, it's funny because at least previous Game Awards, there's... <laughs> Game Awards never scores 100 on its report card. Right. Uh... But sometimes when Game Awards is bad, it's so bad that it's funny. Yes. And and this time the bad stuff was just mediocre. Yeah, no. You know? Yeah. Like it just was it just was not an entertaining experience, whether it was a positive one or a negative one. Like this wasn't the Game Awards failed, but it's the class clown and it makes the teacher laugh sometimes. This <laughs> yeah. was just like it failed and we're concerned for it. <laughs> uh the Swedish Chef is an is a DLC character <laughs> for Overcooked. Ah, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Hurdy Burdy Day, Agoopy Doo, Agimoots, Everybody Boo. I've got real hands. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, truly your best impression. <laughs> It was requested on the Discord. Ah, I see. Yeah. Well, good job fulfilling that request. You too can request that we do inane things if you subscribe to our Patreon. Go to the Patreon. Click on the jiki. Discord. So, so my fiance Lee, yeah, uh, decided decided to nap before we uh, started recording. The interior doors of our apartment are not soundproofed at all. By the way, there's like a two inch gap beneath each of our doors. Yeah, so, so it's, if it's you do pre- anything, you can hear it from the other side. Yeah, it's pretty easy for us to hear each other in in the apartment. Uh, but Lee Lee can sleep through stuff, so yeah. you know Lee Lee kind of gave us the go ahead to to record. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess their nap's over because I, I just got a text from them that says I woke up at a terrible time before <laughs> you're doing this. <laughs> uh, yes, you did. I'm sorry. Boobies. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> well, we're on a fucking roll. Okay, so yeah, game yeah, Game Awards was a really underwhelming experience this yeah, time. Not just, good. Just pretty bad. Uh, like a lot of like it was really disappointing that like uh like it it kinda came out just waving uh the awards flag just in full force for Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. Which, which was, you know, like Clearly, uh, they showed a lot of people that worked very hard on that game. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but uh, the production of that game was not perfect. Yeah. And like, there's, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of horror stories about it. I haven't played it myself, so I can't. I right. can't feel like fully educated by by talking about how like there's a lot about that stuff that's not great. Yeah. But I've heard a lot of stuff. Yeah. And like one thing for sure is that Naughty Dog really. Uh, was really pushing real hard on the crunch button. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like, kind of a game that in some ways represents what's wrong with the game industry right now. Right. Winning all these awards when Hades, which like, yeah. uh, with Super Giant Games, is almost like the antithesis of that. <laughs> right. In how well it treats its employees mm-hmm. and like how much like you know, like love and heart they put into a very well thought out yeah. experience, like just a really well designed and produced and mm-hmm. like and, in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, just a, yeah, just a very well put together game that like has so much more of a like unanimous positive reception mm-hmm. somehow did not win anything besides best indie game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's, and it's... I think one other award, like I think it won two awards one of them being best indie. The optics are not great. Yeah, yeah. That that was that was a disappointing game awards in a lot of ways. Yeah. Also, <laughs> best fighting game was not a game that came out this year. I, I yep. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to get over that until 2021. <laughs> oh, and, uh, are there any? Was there anything positive? Do you have any positive experiences watching the game awards? Because I can think of one. Yeah. So. Yeah, in addition to Jeff Keighley, there was kind of like a host doing the B footage. This woman who I had never seen oh, yeah, before, yeah, and she was hilarious. She was pretty funny. Um, like every time she was on screen, I was like, "Hey, it's her again." I, I think she's like an IGN employee or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I I wish I could remember her name, but yeah. it's been a while. But yeah, great job. Some some of her delivery on certain lines were were fucking hilarious, and she was just clearly very pleased to be there. Yeah, I appreciated the energy. Yeah, speaking of pleased to be be there, my my positive. Game Awards experience was uh, Among Us right. won a couple of awards, <laughs> and uh, you know there, there's an interesting conversation I think about whether or not it should have been there because that game came out in 2018. Sure, um, but it be, it became relevant to this year exactly. Uh, and you know I I think overall I'm okay with it because a the Game Awards were kind of hard to take seriously this year anyway yeah and b uh it won a couple of awards and the development team uh the like the four person development team of right. among us uh were all like in a room together all wearing their face masks uh-huh. and like they the fourth member of the development team was like just there like on a zoom call <laughs> on one of their cell phones yeah uh and like the the project lead is just kind of like crying into their face mask, <laughs> like just so uh-huh. like overjoyed that they won this award. Uh, and that was, that was a very wholesome and genuine moment. Yes. Yeah. And, and I did, I, I felt really happy for the among us team Me too. that they, that they got to win those awards and that those awards meant so much to them. Similarly, um, Sean Murray won something for, for, for what, what's that game called? um oh no man's sky no man's sky no man's sky won something oh yeah it, he, it won like uh best best like, continuing best, game be, or best something. continuing game yeah some, and yeah he was just clearly not expecting to win a goddamn thing <laughs> yeah, he was right. in the middle of like taking a swig of vodka or something <laughs> yeah yeah um, that's right and uh 
And then later on Twitter, I saw somebody tag him and say, like, Sean Murray was clearly not expecting to win any award and was just enjoying getting drunk during the game awards. And he replied, like, yes, I was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I I enjoyed that, too. That that is, yeah, that is good. Yeah. Also, the sound, the the virtual soundstage they use <laughs> looks like the inside of a graphics card. Yes, it and did. It was very awkward to see people walk on and off of that quote yeah. stage unquote. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, it it was very dystopian. <laughs> More like the game of weirds, am I right? So with that, uh, let's go into some indie world highlights. All right. Uh, so, um, so one thing, uh. I predicted that we would get an indie world in December 2020. Yep. That they've been doing that consistently every year, and I think that they they would hit that this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, like Clockwork showed up in the in the middle of the month. Good job, Clockman. Thanks. Hey. Um. And uh. And yeah, there were some there were some cool announcements here. Um. The there were a few big ones. Mm-hmm. Uh. They kind of bookended it with two big ones. Okay. Right? Uh. Right. One was that uh the the first announcement. Was that Spelunky one and two are coming to the Switch in early twenty twenty one? Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Those those are some pretty iconic games. Sure. So, uh, so it's it's really cool to see you get a Switch port. I know that Derek Yu loves Nintendo. Derek Yu being the developer of those games. So. Derek Yu, Derek do love Nintendo. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm looking forward to those. I think that those will be good additions. Yeah. The last announcement was that Among Us. Uh, is coming to the switch and by is i mean it did because it shadow dropped at that event yeah uh for five bucks great price that uh that's a big ass announcement oh yeah um and and clearly people agree because it has been the best selling game on the eShop since it came out that makes sense like in the midst of a sale (laughs) uh right and and Although, I mean, it's basically sale priced. Yeah, it know, is basically sale priced. Yeah, but like, uh, but you know, it's it's selling better than a bunch of first party Nintendo games yeah. that like, you know, that released within the last month. That's that's impressive. It is. But in the middle, there were a lot of neat smaller announcements, too. Do you have any do you have any highlights from Indie World? Uh, the same highlight you do. It's probably the one. Yeah, because uh, there is there is one. <laughs> There, there is one that, one that's like one of the best announcements I've heard all year. Yes, uh, and I didn't expect it here. Right? No, me neither. I've been predicting it through the year at other events, but for some reason, it didn't occur to me that it could like be considered indie. Yeah. Um, and that is that Noja <laughs> is coming to the Switch in early 2021 for for the United States. It's that it's being localized. That caught me so off guard that I. <laughs> I watched this before you, like, I, I think I had it on at work or just earlier in the day sure. or whatever, and my jaw dropped, you know, <laughs> like, that's, I, I felt like I'd been slapped, but in a cool way. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, totally stunned. Like, you know, I came home and, and you're like, have have you watched <laughs> the, the event yet? Do you, right. Or do you not want to? Right. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I, I've only gotten the Among Us thing spoiled for me. I, I do want to watch the the rest is a surprise and you're you're like okay and and then when noja came up like i i think just without like without being aware of like of my own body i think like i pumped my fish i was like yes yeah oh finally like yeah 
I was so like I am so pumped. This is yeah. a great so Noja. Yes, let's explain for yeah for those that uh that haven't been hearing me talk about this throughout the year or I mean the announce the announcers were pronouncing it like Gnosia, which I'm not doing. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I I didn't even hear the announcers <laughs> because I was in such a euphoric state. Right. Uh, uh, for those of you that have <laughs> one, one thing that's funny is that, uh, like I tweeted excitement about it on the smashing theory, Twitter. Yeah. And, uh, and like a bunch of our like regular listeners were like, I knew this game sounded familiar. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but Noja is, um, it's a, it's a social deduction game with kind of this really cool anime aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, basically like you are on a spaceship with a crew, there is a being called Anosia that can basically, like, you know, like, kill crew members and become, like, their doppelgangers. Like, right. take the form of members of your crew. So you kind of have to, like, ask around, like, you have to go around the ship and, like, talk to everyone and kind of determine who you think the Noja is. Yeah. And every playthrough is different. It can be a different Noja in every playthrough. Right, because, to be clear, uh, the difference between this and something like Among Us is that this is a single-player yes. social deduction game. Yeah. It's basically a visual novel with an infinite number of possible endings. Yes, which is so fucking cool. And I think it's got, like, some... I've heard it described as an RPG. Okay. Also, like, it's kind of got some RPG elements. Um... Like I think, uh, I think the different playthroughs might be connected somehow. Right, right. Uh, like it seems as though they're, they're based on like the trailer that there's like a deeper story that you uncover the more you play. Which yes, is cool. yeah. Uh, God, like, yeah. And the the art style, the character designs are really great. Oh yeah. Um, so the just, yep. It's it's coming. It's, oh yeah. It's coming in English. I'll get to play it. I'm pumped. Yeah. Great fucking announcement. Like, yeah, that, that announcement was more exciting than anything that got announced at the Game Awards. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, and it's, you know, obviously it's a very niche announcement. Yeah. I would understand if no one was as pumped as us. <laughs> Uh, what a great time to release it, though. You know, like Among Us is so popular. And now yeah. you can have this version that you can play when your friends don't feel like playing Among Us. Yeah, I. <laughs> One thing I actually wonder is if Among Us kind of contributed to the localization of this game. I feel like it must have. Yeah, like, like yeah, like I wonder if Playism, the the publishers of this, like saw Among Us like huge success and was yeah. like, ooh, <laughs> like we're we are aware of this Japan only uh-huh. social deduction game. Maybe we can, like, get some of that social deduction money. One thing that's also funny is, like, I've been seeing reactions to to this game being announced. Mm-hmm. And there's some people that are like, God, look at this Among Us uh. ripoff. And it's like, <laughs> this game came out in Japan before people even knew what Among Us was. Right. Like, it's not, like, the localization might be a response to Among Us. Yeah. It, it could definitely be that. Yeah. But the game itself is not ripping off Among Us in any way. I doubt the developers even knew that Among Us was a thing. Right. Uh yeah, either way I'm I'm really excited about this. Me too. Uh looking forward to diving into that. Yeah. Yeah, that's really all <laughs> that's all I needed yeah. for for that indie world to be hype as hell. Um I bought some game, the the Cat Cafe game. What's oh, that game called? Calico. Calico. I bought Calico like right after the uh the indie direct. I haven't played it yet, but it's on my Switch. Yeah, I'm uh looks fun. It, yeah, it does look fun. Very that that was a very wholesome looking game. Yeah. Uh yeah, you run a cat cafe. You it's it's basically I think the pitch is basically magical girls running a cat cafe. Yeah, which I mean, excellent. 
Yeah, very excellent. Unfortunately, though, now I have Sakuna of Rice and Ruin on my Switch, and I'm going to be playing that until 2027. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah, Daniel got it for me for Christmas. Yeah. And I've spent a lot of time on it already. Nice, yeah. I have a feeling that will maybe be discussed in some fashion or another within hmm. the next month or two. <laughs> we really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sean got me... Uh, a volume of a manga called Delicious in Dungeon. Yes. And another thing that I'm blanking on. You know, I was I was zooming with my parents earlier and I was telling them what I got everybody and I had the exact same problem. I was like, <laughs> I got him Delicious Dungeon. What was the other thing I got him? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, Delicious in Dungeon, I, I'm looking forward to reading though. Yeah. I haven't started yet, but uh, but I've villainous I've, expansion. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes, uh, the Marvel version of the board game Villainous. Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to experiencing both in the near future. Yeah, one day. One. Day. One day we'll play Villainous together. <laughs> I have like, I have like four different Villainous expansions <laughs> now. It's it's inaccurate to call the Marvel one an expansion. That's a standalone game. Okay. Uh. Yeah, one day we we will play that. It's kind of wild that, like, one of the problems with board games right now is that, you know, there's a pandemic. You can't right. really go to a friend's house and play board games. Yeah. But we are three people who live together. And yeah. We, and we never play board games. The problem is I hate them. Yeah. But I did for, I want to say Daniel's birthday or something, I, I basically kind of gave him an imaginary ticket. <laughs> where he can redeem it for one game of villainous. Yeah, that's uh, right. And it has gone unredeemed this whole time. Yeah. It's, man, it's, it's just hard to do things right now. Yeah. Uh, Who has the mental space to do anything that requires any amount of effort at all? Yeah. It's, give me some of that miracle juice. Yeah. Mm, never mind. I don't want pre-drank miracle juice. No. Oh, God. Stop. Oh, delicious. <laughs> I'm ready to climb Mount Everest. Please don't do it while you're <laughs> while making those hideous slurping noises. That would be awful. <laughs> I made it to the summit. <laughs> anyway, uh, drinking any... in that mountain juice. Sorry, and, I'm sorry. What? Yeah, uh, indie worlds. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, Grindstone also got Shadow Drop for the Switch, right? Which was a popular Apple Arcade game, right? It's neat to see Apple Arcade games get ported to the Switch because yes. I feel like Apple Arcade's getting a lot of games that would work really well on the Switch, <laughs> like Grindstone uh-huh. and uh, Entangle Tower. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of this uh, point and click uh, mystery solving right. thing that yeah. I got while I was on sale recently. Great, yeah. great like dialogue and stuff. Very, very snappy writing that nice. I like. Uh but yeah, at least in this household, Indie World kind of destroyed Oh yeah, uh, Game Awards in terms of hype level. More like the Game of Snores. So, uh, here's here's a good segue, I think, and looping back around to our main topic. Yeah. The Game Awards uh, was real bad, with the exception of one announcement right. that they started the show with. Right. The, the, yeah, this, this be- the beginning of the Game Awards... They showed a trailer for the next Smash Bros. character. I forgot that was a part of the Game Awards because of how much the Game Awards sucked. <laughs> Just in my yeah, mind, it was like a different that, thing. That was a big get. That was a big announcement. And, yeah. and that was a very cool thing to see at the Game Awards. Probably because, the most exciting thing that happened. Yes. Like, 
What? Yeah. When I said a uh, Capcom uh, arcade stadium was my favorite game right. announcement, I meant to say my favorite non Smash sure game awards announcement. And yeah, they reveal the next the next character. Uh, and man, that that trailer was fucking wild. Oh like, yeah. Uh, because I did not. <laughs> Like, through the whole thing, I had no idea what character they were going to show. <laughs> right. Like, you know, they're fighting Galeem, and then Galeem uh-huh. gets cut in half with a black hole, and I'm still wondering. I'm right. like, what is this character? And then, like, as Galeem, uh, as Galeem, like, tears apart and falls to the ground, <laughs> one-winged angel starts playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, like... <laughs> I think I dissociated for half that trailer. <laughs> Just like I needed to be able to process that, right. that was even happening. Yeah. I could not comprehend that like Sephiroth from Final Fantasy Seven yeah. was being announced for Smash Bros. Never it, ever would have predicted. Yeah, we've this. we've made some bonkers predictions yes. on this pod. But, like, Sephiroth, I don't think, was ever even a discussion for us. No, I mean, I would have assumed that it would be some horrible rights nightmare. Yeah. You know, based on the trouble they had with Cloud. Yeah, and on top of that, like, uh, we had yet to have seen, like, a new DLC character get added from a third-party franchise. Right. Um, Like... Castlevania getting Simon and Richter as like an Echo Fighter, mm-hmm. like seems like kind of a kind of a gray area there. Sure. Yeah, I never really imagined that uh, a game would like a third party game would ever get another character from the same game, let alone yeah. the same franchise. Yeah, like you know, I could have maybe imagined like another Final Fantasy character from a different Final Fantasy game showing up, right. like Noctis or something, right? right? Uh, but I didn't think that we'd ever. Like even like I I don't think I or at least didn't think that uh that Sega would ever add like Tails or Doctor sure. Robotnik or something uh that we'd ever get a character besides Sonic you know no same and yeah especially like Final Fantasy the game that has two songs <laughs> uh and two spirits mm-hmm. represented in the whole game both of those spirits being cloud and cloud in his advent children costume right uh i did yeah i just did not fathom that a they would want to add sephiroth and b <laughs> that they would be able to add sephiroth it just never yeah, yeah never crossed my mind at all oh, agreed and then we heard one winged angel playing uh yeah one of the yeah one of the wildest smash announcements so far Wild and child. <laughs> no, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah. Uh, however, now that he's in, I do think that his inclusion makes a lot of sense. Okay. Like, he's one of the most iconic video game villains of all time. Yes. Uh, Definitely a big get. Yeah. And, uh... And, of course, a big thing about Cloud is kind of his relationship with Sephiroth. Right. A lot of the time when you see Cloud in things, Sephiroth has to be there or reference somehow. You yes. Know? It's like Batman and the Joker. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it, actually. Thanks. The relationship is almost similar in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like almost the one thing that was kind of missing from this trailer is, you know, how uh, how several Smash trailers for Ultimate 
whenever they reveal a new villain, they kind of they they had kind of this little montage of all the other villains that were in Smash, <laughs> right? Like the K. Rule trailer that uh-huh. showed like you know, uh, like Bowser, then Ridley, then sure. you know, uh, they could have. They could have shown that trailer. They should have. <laughs> they could have showed that montage and then revealed Sephiroth. That's true. Uh, but I, I get them kind of wanting the Sephiroth announcement to kind of stand on its own. Mm-hmm. He's not just another villain. That's true. He's, he's, he's the villain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's the villain that kills and just obliterates final bosses from other <laughs> games just to flex, and then seemingly kills Mario. <laughs> That that trailer was so good. Yeah, it was that great. That trailer was so good. <laughs> I loved like the memes afterwards that were just like the Mario Brothers are dead. Yes. <laughs> just showing <laughs> Mario getting impaled with uh-huh. Sephiroth's sword and just like Luigi's ghost being ejected from his body in the excellent. Castlevania trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent announcement. Good pick for a character. Didn't see it coming, but no, yeah, me good. Either. But good pick. Yeah. Uh, and Really a a great addition for a lot of reasons that we'll get into as we kind of uh, tear all this open. Yeah. Uh, Because, yeah, that trailer happened, and then a week later, we got the Sakurai presentation that we've become so accustomed to. Uh, This one uh, was back in a studio with a recording crew. Yeah. Uh, Sakurai mentioned, uh, finally, people in the background again to laugh at Sakurai's (laughs) jokes. Yes. Uh, Sakurai mentioned that they rented a studio that's bigger than the one they usually use uh, to kind of help with social distancing. Good call. To give people more space to, like, stand apart from each other and stuff. Um, Yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah. Good conscientious Sakurai. Good job. Um, they started the presentation. <laughs> that was his nickname back in high school. Hey, conscientious Sakurai, can you help me with my homework? Yeah, sure. I'm conscientious. <laughs> no, hey, good conscientious Sakurai. Good job. Your full nickname that I call you every time. Thanks. I, yeah, that is my nickname. <laughs> wow, you, your voice sounds real good, Sakurai. Yeah, I, I did reverse puberty. <laughs> After high school, my voice got higher. How do you know that? Uh, I'm also omniscient. <laughs> Sounds right. Wow, it's so conscientious of you to know the future. <laughs> anyway, they started with the Mii Fighter costumes. Yes. So we can start with that, too. Okay. Uh, How conscientious of you. This is not going to be a running thing. Sakurai. <laughs> Do not make this a thing. So they they announced several uh several Mii Fighter costumes. Yeah. Uh, most of them from Final Fantasy VII, and one interesting exception. Yes. Uh so Barrett was added as a Mii Gunner costume. Mm-hmm. Tifa was added as a Mii Brawler costume. Excellent. And Aerith was added as a Mii Sword Fighter costume. About the best you can do with Aerith. Yeah. Uh and uh, and they also brought back the Chocobo hat that was in uh, Smash right. Four. Uh, one one kind of pet peeve I have uh, with me fighter costume releases is when uh, there's there's three me fighter types, right? There's the brawler, the gunner, and the sword fighter. Yeah. Uh, it it just bugs me a little bit, not like a crazy amount, but uh-huh. it just bugs me a little bit whenever there's like a wave of me fighter DLC and 
not all three types of Mii Fighter get at least one costume. Yeah, I feel that. Right? Like, right, when, when it's, it's like, like, hey, here's three brawlers or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, three brawlers and no gunners and yeah. one sword fighter or something like that. That that always feels a bit, like, wrong to me. I so feel I, that. So I actually really appreciate that the Final Fantasy VII, like, <laughs> characters is one brawler, right. one gunner, one sword fighter. The symmetry is yeah. good. Yes, I, I appreciate the symmetry. And even, like, yeah, even... Not not just the symmetry, but the fact that there's at least one. Yes, you know, like if if there's someone that like mains me gunner, it's nice that it's nice for him to have one new costume option every time there's a new wave of DLC. I feel that, right? Yeah. Um. Uh, but the fifth uh, me costume was a me gunner costume. Yep. That uh that makes your character look like Gino from yeah. Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. I think they played that during the trailer. They did play that during the trailer. It ain't gonna be in the game though. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that song is not in the game. <laughs> Unless it's already in the game. Oh uh, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it is. Uh but it did not get added as like a me co- um, right. like a me costume song. The way it wasn't like the Sands thing. Yeah, it wasn't like the Sands thing. Yeah, and I think that's actually kind of like the biggest shame. Like <laughs> yeah. uh, we here at a Smashing Theory never thought that Gino would get playable status, right? Or that really Gino's really uh, fitting as a playable <laughs> addition. Uh, like you know, I get the I get that people really like Gino. Sure. Um, Gino never felt like a big enough character to get added. Like yeah. G- Gino, I think is even like is even less popular, relevant, etc. Than like Terry, right? Right, right. Um, I th- like there's a I think there's a lot of people that really love Gino, and there's a very vocal fan base for him. Yes, but I think like. Including some of our fans, I should say. Oh, yeah, who, yeah. Who tweeted we, us we, a lot. We, yeah, we have some Geno stands in the yeah. crowd. But I think, like, in the grand scheme of things, it's a it's an incredibly vocal minority. Yeah. Like, I I think the volume of that crowd makes it seem bigger than it is. Um. So I was very unsurprised to see uh Gino is a me gunner costume. Right. But I think it would have been nice to make that me that to make that costume feel a little special by getting like Yoko Shimomura to do like a remix of his yeah. theme and pack that in with a costume. That would be great. Yeah. I mean um, obviously I love anything that Yoko Shimomura does. Yeah. Uh so getting a remix of Beware the Forest Mushrooms would be excellent. Beware the Forest Mushrooms. Yep. It's funny what it like it's funny how that song is kind of iconic, and that's what that song is yeah, called. That's true. It's, it's like if One Winged Angel was called, like, uh-oh, White Hair Man. <laughs> I'd like it even more. Uh, yeah, actually, you're right. No, I, I would Imagine love... Imagine if that was the lyrics. Uh-oh, White Hair Man, White Hair Man, coming for you. Sephiroth. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we definitely got that one right. We did not get Sephiroth right, but... No. But Gino being a me costume, I think we have said that on the pod. We definitely said it off the pod several yes. times. I definitely mentioned a tweet that I don't think he'd ever like. I think that he'll come back as a me fighter, but uh, but playable like because here, yeah, here's the thing with Gino. It's like there's so many more Square Enix characters that would be such bigger announcements yeah. if they were Smash characters, such as Sephiroth. Yeah, uh, and obviously I was thinking Sora. Sure. When I was when I was thinking that Gino 
it was kind of not really in contention, but uh, but yeah, sorry, Gino. Welcome, yeah. welcome back to the Me Fighter Club. So then, uh, then he talks about Sephiroth. Uh, showed off his move set. Right, Sephiroth's move set, pretty cool. Yeah, it's actually awesome. Yeah, like, I, I, I never would have imagined that I would like it that much because I'd figure just be like, ooh, I'm Sephiroth. Right, slashing with the sword. Yeah, but instead he's yeah he's a he's like a slow like mid range <laughs> fighter. Yeah, that just has like some really juicy attacks, but they're all kind of. They're all kind of slow. Yeah, no, uh, he's he, he's kind of my jam, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, big big ass long sword. The sweet spot is kind of like in like kind of like two thirds of the way to the tip, basically. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'm I'm just I'm never not going to be able to think of very of a very particular anatomy when you say <laughs> things like that with respect to swords. You don't have to spell it out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. No one knows what you're talking about right now. I mean, I didn't go. I just can't stop thinking about P E N I S E S. Oh God, I I made a decision when I asked you to be my co-host. But yes, the sweet spot of his sword is about two thirds of the way to the tip. <laughs> <laughs> that is true uh, of Severa of the sword. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. He uh, he hits real hard with that thing. Uh, stop thinking about wieners. <laughs> God. Uh, and he's uh, <laughs> yeah. His his moveset's real cool. Yeah. Uh, like his his regular B is flare, mega flare, and giga flare. Like yeah. the the longer you hold the button, the better the the version of flare is. I love this move because I'm terrible at edge guarding, and so <laughs> I just love it when a character has like a thing you can do while your opponent is trying to get back to the you know uh, platform. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's really fun to just be like threateningly charging up an enormous projectile yeah. that may you know knock them away as they try to get back. Yeah. Nah, it's, uh, yeah, very cool, very damaging. Um, his side B is Shadow Flare. Which My is, favorite ability. Yeah, really interesting. He just, like, shoots forth needles, and if the needles hit you, uh, they become, like, a little fireball that spirals around you that, like, hits on a delay. Yeah. Yeah. I love shit like that that like disrupts my opponent's concentration. Yeah. Um because I'm as we've discussed I'm terrible at footsies. Right. And you know generally being up close. So it's just fun to be like, "Oh, you you'd like to come and get me, but you have to deal with this bullshit first. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a it's a very cool like controlling tool. It's great. Uh is that be his blade dash and if you charge it it becomes octoslash. Yes. And, yeah. Just zooms on up there with swords a swinging. Less awkward to aim the charged version than I was expecting, but I guess I'm kind of used to it from Fox's, you know. Up, oh yeah. Up B. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, his down B is Scintilla, like mm-hmm. kind of a weird like counter. Yeah, that one's interesting. It's it's not yeah. it's not quite a traditional counter. Yeah. Um, it's almost more like a shield and then an attack afterward. Yeah, which it's... sounds like a counter, but when you see it in action, it's different. Yeah, and it's funny that like. It's funny that Sephiroth, that makes Sephiroth technically another swordsman with a counter attack. <laughs> right. But he, he feels so much different than, yes. say, Marth. Like yeah, he, oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's nothing like Marth. Um, and his, uh, 
he he also has like a special state called the wing form mm-hmm. when he's taking a certain amount of damage depending on how uh how many stocks he has versus his opponent yeah um he gets he he gets his single black wing there's a really interesting it's almost like a weird formula that calculates when he gets winged form yeah uh basically like if you have if you have one stock and your opponent has three uh you can get your winged form as early as like 39 percent right uh but it takes basically the the better you're doing relative to your opponent taking into account the entire match yes uh the percentage at which you get winged form varies quite dramatically yeah like if uh if you are like fucking schooling your opponent if you have like one stock right uh, if you have like three stocks and your opponent only has one left yeah uh then you don't get your wing until you're at like 100 percent. right uh yeah it's, it's really interesting it's they, cool they, they've really calculated the hell out of it yeah um but yeah he gets when he gets his wing he gains a third jump armor on all of his smash attacks great and basically just like buffs across the board like his uh like his move speed goes up his attack damage goes up i mm-hmm. think everything but his attack speed <laughs> increases yeah because uh, increasing his attack speed would probably just make him fucking broken oh yeah yeah and then his final smash he, he also has he does a bunch of cool stuff with his sword uh like he can kind of stab you with the tip and right um uh do like a downward stabby thing yeah there, there's one where you kind of like thrust it into the dirt and then like dirt comes up yeah um and so you you can get like the properties of the attack change depending on where you hit your opponent with it yeah yeah there's some cool stuff yeah no he's he's really neat and his final smash is supernova which is it's a cinematic super yeah but it it actually does something a little different uh, that being that once it hits right. your opponent, they get hit with a random status effect, yeah. like his move does in in the game. Very cool. Yeah, uh, in in Final Fantasy VII. Right. Um. So yeah, he showed that off, and yeah, it's it's just a it's a move set that manages to feel different than any other Smash move set. Yeah. Uh, they did and, a great job, and it as also, usual. Yeah, it also fits Sephiroth really well. Great, great move set. Really cool. Yeah. The stage Northern Cave is the ending of Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> right. It just like plays out the the events of the end of Final Fantasy VII uh, while you while you fight. As traveling stages go, it's pretty cool. Yes. I think the one thing that I would change if I could is I would just have you on like High Wind, the airship, yeah. instead of on a platform while High Wind is flying right around. Right in the background, yeah. Um, but besides that, you know, yeah, it's a neat little, there's like a story unfolding behind you. Yeah, it is fine. neat. It was also kind of cute that Sakurai, you know, was like, uh, uh, if you haven't beaten Final Fantasy VII yet, maybe, <laughs> maybe stop here right. or, or don't. I don't know, the game's 10 years old. Right. <laughs> 20, 20 years old. God. Uh, and he's like, and who's to say that events will play out the same in the remake? <laughs> That's uh, true. So, a cute little wink from Sakurai there. Yeah. Uh, Winkurai. Then, then he plays Sephiroth's entire classic mode. Because he winks all the time. Then he played through Sakurai's... <laughs> then he played through Sephiroth's entire classic mode. Winking as he went. <laughs> You couldn't see it because, you know, the camera was on the uh, screen. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, he did play through Sephiroth's entire classic mode. Yeah, and uh, Sephiroth's classic mode is just like a boss rush. That's yeah. kind of cool. 
And I was just reminded once again of how much better Sakurai is at Smash than me. Yeah. Like, I would have died so many times. I, I did die several times on yeah. Sephiroth's Classic Mode. And you probably, uh, I don't need, did you put the difficulty all the way up? I, I put it, I put it close okay. all the way up. Yeah. And once it got into, like, the higher difficulties, I was kind of getting schooled by some bosses. You know, that's another, like, obviously I appreciate the thought and care that they put into arranging the Classic Modes in ways that are thematic for characters, right? Y- that's yes. very cool. Yeah. I do wish that I could just do, like, a random arcade ladder so that I could practice my character in a way that's fun. Like, yeah. it would be really cool if I could just, like, fight ten random opponents with increasing difficulty and then master hand at the end. Yeah. Like, sort of a classic, classic mode. Right. Yeah, that I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because then when you get, like, unorthodox classic modes, like, yeah, it's, it's hard for you to really learn how to play Sephiroth when right. you're fighting Dracula. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like, it's like, yeah, you're not going to take that knowledge into versus <laughs> matches. And I mean, like, technically I can just, you know kind of do versus mode and yeah but but it versus computers yeah yeah it it would be nice yeah i I feel that i feel Mm -hmm. that it'd it'd be nice to have some kind of structure to that exactly yeah no i I definitely feel that cool um and then he he showed the most exciting reveal of the whole presentation (laughs) and that they're actually adding final fantasy 7 music to the game yeah good job (laughs) so even if I were to predict that Sephiroth would be added as a playable character in Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> right. I do not think that I would have predicted that we'd get more than one music track. No, yeah, exactly. To the game. My assumption would be that we would get the Sephiroth main theme, you know, unremixed. Yeah, we we would get like the PS One right. rip track of One Winged Angel. Yeah, maybe. Right. If right. we're lucky, uh, I could also see them just like doing like some other random Final Fantasy VII track. Right. Like maybe like they would put in Genova, but not One Winged Angel. Ooh. Ooh, yeah yeah because yeah. like i imagine that like getting the rights of one winged angel was probably hard yes right because that's an iconic ass song yeah one of the most iconic songs in video game history that's true so iconic that galim gets torn in half you hear the first three <laughs> notes of that right and you realize that sephiroth's in the game before it even shows him on the screen yeah like yeah. all you have to hear is that kind of jaws dun, dun, rip off dun, dun, the yeah dun, dun, yeah dun, dun, dun. yeah Yeah. Uh, So they're adding nine tracks total, and four of them are new arrangements. Like that's that blew my mind. We got new arrangements. No, I mean that's that's good shit coming from Square. Yeah. Uh, The new tracks, uh, the new arrangements are uh, an arrangement of opening bombing mission by Yuzo Koshiro, which is like, I mean, it's just. That theme played very straight. You yeah, know? yeah. Like uh, Yuzo definitely was trying to respect the source material more than he was trying to innovate in any way. But yeah. since I like it when Yuzo innovates, it was kind of like okay. Yeah, I wonder if he wasn't really allowed to innovate. I was thinking that too. Yeah, yeah maybe they were like, okay, you. I mean, you could do it, but like, you can't do anything. Right. Like, well, which is weird because I feel like the other, uh, the other three tracks are mm-hmm. updates that kind of do new things with it. Yes, definitely. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe Yuzo was just kind of tired that day. Who sure. Knows? Who knows? Um, Aerith's He was theme. too busy revolutionizing techno, <laughs> as he did in the 90s. Is he still doing that right now, though? Uh, in my heart. <laughs> uh, the next track they did a new arrangement of was Aerith's theme. Right. Uh, this re-arrangement uh, was from Keichi Okabe, the composer of Near and Near Automata. Which obviously incredible soundtracks both. Yeah, and 
Earth theme, good shit. That's yes. that's a good remix. Oh right yeah, there. yeah, good shit. Um, main theme of Final Fantasy VII was rearranged by Motoi Sakuraba, the Golden Sun guy. Right. Uh, he he, he keeps bringing fire to yes. this, to the Smash Ultimate soundtrack. Oh yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, love great, a good Motoi track. Yeah, great rearrangement of main theme of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, and fi- and this is the weirdest one for some reason. Yoko Shimomura rearranged Cosmo Canyon. Yeah, of all things. Yeah, like. There's a lot of other like Final Fantasy VII tracks that are, you know, very well known. Yes, and uh, and we got we got a rearrangement of Cosmo Canyon. I was saying to Daniel off mic that what I really wanted was somebody to do arrangement of um like the 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 uh not not gold saucer but the like gambler's alley theme like, or whatever from like the like the honey wasn't that like the honeybee yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 that's that's my yeah uh, that's what i wanted yeah like I the don not. corneos yes yeah didn't get it yeah that that would have been a good one um but Yoko Shimomura's Cosmo Candy rearrangement is great. Yeah, because anything that Yoko Shimomura touches, she's like the, the King Midas of music, but without the bad stuff in that story. <laughs> right? Like she can, she can she can still touch her loved ones without them transforming into mu- sheet music. <laughs> but she she bangs out some bangers whenever she composes anything at all. Yeah, I, f- I feel like like Ace and Yoko Shimomura are kind of like the masters yes. of, of Smash Ultimate rearrangements. Yeah, agreed. Everything they put out is just fucking S tier. Yeah, and uh, and then also just music ripped straight from their sources. The Final Fantasy VII Advent Children version of Those Who Fight. <laughs> right. Uh, the Final Fantasy VII Advent Children version of Those Who Fight Further. <laughs> uh, those being the main battle theme and the boss battle theme right. of Final Fantasy VII, respectively. Uh, what's funny is that those are the literal translations of the Japanese names for those tracks. Ah. Um, like for example, those who fight is just called fight on <laughs> in, in the English version. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, those who fight, those who fight further Advent children version were added to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, fight on and, uh, I'm going to keep fighting or whatever. <laughs> Whatever they're called in English. It was are, just called Fight On! <laughs> uh, those those were already in Smash Ultimate uh, as Cloud's themes right. for the original Midgar stage. Uh, one of the one of the perks of these songs being added to the game is that you can play it you can play these songs on <laughs> Sephiroth stage or you can now play them on Midgar. Right. Which is cool because out of the two stages I do prefer Midgar. It's yeah. very cool with the summons and stuff. Yes. Uh, Genova. Yes. Uh, just ported straight in from the PlayStation version. Still, like, man, that theme's held up. Yeah, yeah, that one's a banger. Yeah, I was thinking actually that, like, you know, obviously, like among some Final Fantasy fans, it's it's popular to kind of shit on Final Fantasy VII because of how popular it is. Sure. But one thing that's never in dispute uh, among the fans is that that soundtrack is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and that's, you can definitely like, like even with the stuff that they're just bringing in from the PlayStation 1 release, it's like, ooh, yeah. Yeah, Genova. Like, yeah, you're just into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, great. Great. Uh, and finally, One Winged Angel yes. uh, from the PS1 version and Advent One Winged Angel. Yes. The remix made for Final Fantasy VII Advent Children uh, were added into the game. Just good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, like Advent One Winged Angel is also held up really well. Oh, yeah. That was the version that was playing during the Sephiroth trailer. Yeah. Then that definitely, like, like, on the one hand, it's kind of funny that, like, Sephiroth is being released and nobody did an arrangement of Sephiroth's theme. Yes. But on the other hand, the Advent Children's theme is a bop, and, you know, it's yeah, fine that that's it, there. It is a bop, yeah. And, and I bet that Square Enix was probably like, look, we're sorry, but we're legally not allowed to let you make a new arrangement of the right. Winged Angel theme. Because if we do, Nobuo Uematsu will unsheathe a nine-foot katana and chop off our heads. Well, probably not even Nobuo Uematsu. right. Because here's, uh, here's actually a good segue. Uh, Sakurai then was like, uh, we didn't have a lot of Final Fantasy VII songs <laughs> in the initial release of Smash Bros. Ultimate. And he went on to explain... That like there's there's a lot of licensing difficulties when uh, when they add any franchise yeah. and its music to Smash Bros. Um, because sometimes there's existing exclusivity deals uh, right. that you know like other people like have those rights elsewhere, or that the music copyright is spread across multiple owners in different yeah. regions, um, and uh, basically when they do the music for Ultimate. They have to make sure that they're legally allowed to put that music in the game in every region that Ultimate exists yeah. in. So yeah, that's and I got I guess for whatever reason the rights for Final Fantasy or just Square properties in general are kind of particularly thorny. Yeah, yeah, um, as evidenced by you know Cloud's initial inclusion and also Dragon Quest. Yeah, oh, the, Dragon Quest is like that. That seems like a lot of the problem there is just the fact that uh, old asshole yeah man that nasty ass uh composer yeah just owns the rights to all of his music like that seems like a him problem Mm -hmm. um but final fantasy 7 like there have been so many different collaborations with final fantasy 7 over the last 20 years yeah but i'm sure there's some weird music right stuff Mm -hmm. that they kind of had to untangle it's the um, Spider-Man of uh, of video game soundtracks. <laughs> it, it is the Spider-Man of video game soundtracks. Great analogy, Sean. Thank you. Uh, here's here's some other fun facts about this music finally being added to the game. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy is the first franchise in Smash Bros. to use tracks from a movie. Oh, yeah. Because three of the tracks are from Advent Children. Right, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, also, Advent One Winged Angel is the longest track in the entire Smash Bros. franchise, uh, <laughs> at six minutes and two seconds. That sounds about right. Yeah, there's yeah, there's no track in the game that's longer than, uh, than Advent One Winged Angel, and there has never been a track in Smash history that has been in the Smash Bros. game and been longer than that. Yeah, but, well, I mean, Waimatsu does love his incredibly long boss themes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I want to say that the final boss theme of Final Fantasy VI has like five separate parts to it <laughs> uh, that play yeah. as you progress through that fight. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess it's so wild because there are like some lengthy final boss themes in Smash, like right. as, as remixes and stuff. That's true. Uh, but yeah, Sephiroth still beats it. He still wins. Yeah. Um, Sakurai closed out by uh, announcing the event that happened right. before Sephiroth's release. Uh, but uh, Sephiroth's official release date was the 22nd, 
But uh, but if you played in the week leading up to that, you could fight Sephiroth yes. as like a boss, and then if you beat him, you would unlock him as a character early. That was a fun little thing. Yeah, along with the stage and his music. That yeah. was a fun little thing. Like, I, I actually, the, it seemed as though the fan reception to that was quite positive. I saw a lot of people saying, like, it was, it was really exciting to actually unlock, unlock a, a character, character again, yeah. which I can appreciate. Yeah, yeah, I, I dug that. That was neat. Yeah, there was uh, there was some stuff that didn't get added until the proper date, right? Um, like uh, like the me costumes right. and uh, and the DLC spirits, which right. Sakurai didn't even talk about in the presentation. <laughs> so I wanted to. Uh, so that's part of why uh, it took us a while to record this, actually, because yeah. we were ready to record on Tuesday, and then the Sephiroth <laughs> update didn't hit until like eight p.m. Central Time or something, right? And uh, we have bedtimes. Yeah, sleepies for Sean. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, the Sephiroth update finally came out. We we finally like played played all of it. Um, yes. Yeah, Se- Sephiroth. I I feel like we've alluded to this through the episode, but Sephiroth's <laughs> a really fun character. Oh yeah, very well designed, and I'm so excited to see people play him competitively. Oh yeah. I, I feel like he's really balanced, too, because, mm-hmm. like, he's got some overpowered stuff that would be, like, broken if he was any faster. Right, yeah. No, yeah. He, he's definitely, like, a setup character, yes. which is cool. That's very cool. I really like that, uh, the fact that that playstyle, like, exists in Smash right now. Same. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's really neat. Um, and, yeah, his update's just cool. I like mm-hmm. all the new music. Me, too. Um, and his, you know, his, his his new stage, like, fun fact, I've never actually beaten Final Fantasy VII. So, yeah, I'm me like, neither. So I tried, like, not to, like, take in too much mm-hmm. of his stage right now. But, like, yeah, it is cool. Yeah. And uh, and the DLC Spirits, uh, I, I made sure to play all of the Spirits. Okay. Uh, and, like, they're, uh, <laughs> they're great. Like, yes. They're all implemented real well. They added... Mm-hmm. Uh... Tifa as an ace spirit. Right. Barrett as an advanced spirit. Mm-hmm. Red 13 as an advanced spirit. Sid as a novice spirit. Vincent as an advanced spirit. Chocobo and Moogle as a novice spirit. <laughs> Ifrit as an ace spirit. Right. Aerith as an ace spirit. Kate Sith as a novice spirit. Yuffie as a uh, as an advanced spirit. The Turks and Rufus Shinra as an ace spirit. <laughs> and uh, Shiva as an ace spirit. And Bahamut Zero as a legend good selection yeah good good selection and uh and yeah like they put so much thought into the way the spirit battles worked <laughs> like uh okay so here's barrett's yeah. right so barrett takes uh barrett's spirit battle takes place on midgar right the hazards off it's a stamina battle and th- the match starts with three me fighters okay the three of them are me me brawlers mm-hmm. and they look like uh, they look vaguely like Jesse Biggs and uh, <laughs> Wedge and and Wedge. Nice. Uh, his you know his his avalanche colleagues. Right. Jesse is holding a bob bomb <laughs> uh, because you know she's uh-huh. she's the explosive expert. That's cute. Uh, and then after you beat the three of them, Barrett will will emerge and fight you. Nice. Uh, the song is playing his opening bombing mission. That's cute. Yeah. Right. Uh. Aerith, if you don't have the Aerith me costume, is Zelda <laughs> being protected by a cloud. <laughs> and Zelda will spam you with Din's fire while Cloud fights you up close. Nice. After you've been fighting for a little while, Aerith will, will heal herself and maybe Cloud too. Ah, uh, that's cool. Yeah. 
Red 13 is a really fast duck hunt dog. <laughs> Good. Uh, Kate Sith is Roy the Koopaling, accompanied by three Mr. Game & Watches. Okay. Because of the, uh, the Game & Watches... Uh, are all spamming uh, the judgment attack oh. because of Kate Sith's like slots bullshit. That's cool. Yuffie is a sheik uh, that will get distracted by items, and items <laughs> gravitate towards sheik because Yuffie's a thief. The Turks are all represented by like me costumes that make them kind of like they're all wearing business suits, and they all like vaguely look like nice, like uh, like Rufus and Rude and and Sang. That's and, good. And that that bunch. And uh, and then Rufus is Rufus is Robin, uh, holding uh, a holding a steel diver. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, and Bahamut Zero is a giant Ridley uh, <laughs> that suddenly has a final smash when it's at high damage. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, like a uh, great mm-hmm. like oh like I, I left some out obviously right, but like great spirit battles all yeah. all really good. They it felt like a lot of thought was put into all of them and uh and I had a lot of fun with all those fights. I have all the spirits now. Grass. Also, uh legend spirits always have like a brand new um like a brand new effect. Mm-hmm. And I actually haven't double checked if if the if uh, Bahamut Zero's mm-hmm. spirit ability is new because it feels kinda wild if it isn't. But if uh if you have Bahamut Zero equipped your final smashes are more powerful. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that that is good and that's I think that's really thematic. Same. Yeah. But yeah, that was the Sephiroth update. Anything else to say about him before we talk about the fact that he really fucked our prediction list and we have to change it again? Let's talk about the fucking. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no no more Sephiroth thoughts? No. All right. So, uh neither of us predicted Sephiroth. True. Uh, which means that we have to remove a character each from our prediction list. Yes, we do. So my predictions uh, for before Sephiroth came out, my predictions for the remaining four DLC characters in Fighters Pass 2 were Sora, Agumon, Tracer, and Crash Bandicoot. Yes, um, and my predictions were Monster Hunter, Chosen Undead from Dark Souls, Arli Naja from Puyo Puyo, and Urshifu. Yes. So, uh, Sean, mm-hmm. what's what are your three characters that you're predicting now? My three characters are Monster Hunter, Chosen Undead from Dark Souls, and Arli Naja from Puyo Puyo. I'm <laughs> uh, dropping Urshifu. Yeah, that, that's fair. I think Urshifu's time to time to shine has passed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I you know. Didn't exactly make a splash with that first expansion to uh, Sword and Shield. So. Yeah, yeah, and I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like if Urshifu were to come out, it would have been closer to the release of that expansion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So bye, bye, bear. Bye, bye, bear. What about you? Who are you dropping? So I feel like there's an obvious one for me to drop here. Yeah. Yeah. Starts with an S. Yeah. Ends, ends with, an aura. with an aura. Yeah. But I. But I, I've actually been thinking, like, pretty much all day, mm-hmm. that uh, when we as predictors get blindsided by a Smash announcement, yeah. it's usually because it breaks a rule we kind of assumed or pre-imposed I uh, on, on the way that the things get added to the roster, mm-hmm. right? 
like uh like Sephiroth. We didn't see coming because uh Nintendo uh wouldn't bother with something that's a lot of legal trouble mm-hmm. or Nintendo wouldn't uh pick a a side character <laughs> from a third party game where the main character is already represented. Right. Right? And I feel like yeah, I, I just feel like there's a lot of characters mm-hmm. where like it's like oh yeah, uh spirits uh you know characters represented spirits won't be in the game that that kind of thing right sure. like uh like there's there's a lot of rules that the community has but sakurai doesn't yes uh, and nintendo doesn't mm-hmm. uh so even though it seems like it's been kind of a reliable pattern that a company will contribute a character to a dlc fighters pass for smash ultimate yeah. a maximum of one time <laughs> right even though that is the pattern mm-hmm like even though we've gotten more than one Microsoft DLC character in Ultimate, mm-hmm. Banjo Kazooie was in Fighters Pass One. Sure, Minecraft was in Fighters Pass Two. Mm-hmm. Right, like that. That has been kind of the thing. We have yet to have, for example, Sega contribute two or more characters to a single Fighters right. Pass. Right. Um. So if you know Sephiroth being added really feels like a deconfirm for Sora. Mm-hmm. But but. Wouldn't that make Sora's announcement even more unexpected if he's the last <laughs> DLC character? It would do that. Yeah, that's true. Right? The one thing is I wonder if that would kind of oversaturate like JRPG representation for Fighters Pass mm-hmm. 2. But I don't know. Yeah. Fighter, Fighters Pass 1 had five characters. Right. And those five characters included Joker and Byleth. That's true. Yeah. If Fighters Pass 2 has six characters and two of them are jfg characters i don't think that'd be that weird okay yeah i think tentatively mm-hmm. i'm keeping sora who are you dropping tracer oh so like the more i think about crash the more i think he's he's he might be in okay right? yeah uh i could see it yeah crash would be a nice big surprise He'd be a great E3 announcement. Yes. Assuming E3 happens this year. Right. In 2021. Who knows? Um, I still think, like, I still think Agumon's got a shot. Uh, Bandai Namco has yet to contribute mm. a DLC character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be a Tekken character that's not Heihachi. Yeah. It could be your Dark Souls boy. Yeah. Um, could be Arlene Naja. From Puyo Puyo. That is a Sega property. Well, you know, I mean, they could still be in the game. I'm speaking broadly. Yeah, but I'm not not about the shit you're saying. I was (laughs) (laughs) talking. Don't. (laughs) (laughs) So here's here's my point about this. Oh, yeah, but here's something completely unrelated. Yeah. Yeah, Bandai Namco. Right. has not added a representative yet. Um, neither, and... neither is Sega. <laughs> sorry, sorry. please continue. I apologize. They, uh, they've I, added I could several. not stop myself. <laughs> they've added several. I couldn't stop myself. <laughs> uh, as DLC to Ultimate, Sega's added one? Joker, yeah. Yeah, and maybe no one else? I think so. No okay. one, nobody in Fighters Pass 2. Yeah. But either way, Bandai Namco hasn't gotten any new characters at all sure. since like since Ultimate's base release, even, right? Which which feels strange. It does, yeah. Um, 
So I feel like the Spider's Pass will have a Bandai Namco character. Okay. And I also feel like we're getting a Terry in the Spider's Pass. We're getting a character that's like that's lesser known, mm-hmm. that's lesser requested, but is still like a meaningful part of video game history. Sure. Um, and also would have a very unique moveset. Right. And also also would function as advertising for an upcoming Switch release. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, Agumon hits all those check marks. Okay. We're, we're getting Digimon Survive in 2021, and he's he's like a, a representative of the virtual pet genre. Yeah, well, he's from the digital world. That is that has nothing to do with what I just said. You can't just say shit. <laughs> like I I'm sorry. I I think that like to be clear, I think Agumon would be a really cool pick. I'd love to see what Sakurai would do with an Agumon moveset. But every time I think of that character, I will think of Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon. We have to get back to the digital world. Like, just just his realization in that dub of that show. Right, which none of that would, like, even come close to being in his ultimate representation. I should certainly hope not. (laughs) That said, I would love the Digimon show theme as a theme to fight with on Agumon stage. That would be phenomenal. I'm sad to say that that absolutely (laughs) would not happen. Yeah. But it absolutely would not happen. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I'm still sticking to Agumon. Okay. Even, you know, uh, which means that, like... Yeah, like three three characters, right? Three, yeah, three characters left on the fighters pass. I think the crash is in. I think that Agumon's in. Okay, so I'd I'll have to boot Tracer, wow. and I th- I think that Tracer still has a shot. Yeah, but I have three guesses. <laughs> um, and I you got to go with weird little Dino Boy. Yeah, got to go with weird little Dino Boy because like. How fucking nuts will it be if Agumon gets in? It and, will be and nuts. I, and, I, and I've stuck to Agumon all this time. No, it will definitely be nuts. Yeah. It'll almost um, be as nuts as if I got Arlinaja, who I've stuck to for a long time as well. That would be nuts. Yes. I I saw a really cool fan moveset for Arlinaja. Oh, okay. On, uh, I think it was, the YouTube channel is called Source Gaming. Ah. Uh, and yeah, it was just really well thought out. Like, it, it's, it has something to do with, like... Uh, Arle Naja like throwing the poyos out as projectiles, but each colored poyo had a different effect. Huh. And if you stacked multiple of the same poyo together, the effect was like compounded somehow. That is cool. Yeah, I'd, I'd play that character. Yeah, and like actually, like I was watching that like fan move set. I'm like, this is like if if Arle Naja released exactly like this, this would be a Sean character. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Like, Sean would play the hell out of this version of Arle Naja. <laughs> and yeah, I'm. I think that Sora could be like. The last surprise that Nintendo whips out that Nintendo's like, like Nintendo thought this out so thoroughly <laughs> that like they put Sephiroth out mm-hmm. like partially because they knew right it would it would diminish our expectations of Sora sure and then like Sora's that last big whammy it's like oh you thought it was cool when we got Final Fantasy music in because <laughs> we sorted that legal bullshit uh-huh. out like really good. Right. Look at this legal bullshit we sorted out. We talked to Disney and they said yes. I mean, it would be unbelievably hype 
to like realize that it's Sora right as the orchestral version of Simple and Clean starts playing. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Fucking great. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it'd be really cool if you were right. I just don't yeah. have the confidence that you do to make that same prediction. <laughs> just like... <laughs> I just imagined, like, you know, like Mario, like, uh, fighting like Sephiroth or some other bullshit yeah. on like Delfino Plaza and then like Sephiroth knocking Mario into the water and like Mar- <laughs> and Mario just like floating downward in the, in the water. And- I've been having some strange thoughts <laughs> That's lately. exactly what was cracking like, me up. Is like, this, is this, this for, for real or not? <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> and then Mario just sings the rest of them. When you walk away, you don't hear me say Luigi, don't go. <laughs> Simple and clean is the way that I like my pasta. <laughs> it's hard to let it go. It's hard to let it go. Uh, hold me. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that, that's that's what I'm going with. I think that. Uh, All right. I think that we'll get. Uh, we'll get Agumon in like spring 2021 mm-hmm. and maybe Digimon survive kind of around then. Sure. Crash will be an E3 reveal okay. followed by like a late summer, early fall release. Sure. Uh, or maybe like, maybe like, you know, like a, like a June reveal and then like a late June or early July release. Sure. And then, and then fall will come and Sora will be the big show stopping, <laughs> like, big finale reveal that everyone will have ridden off thanks to Sephiroth. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh Yeah, that that is my that is my lineup for fi- for the rest of Fighters Pass 2. Uh but potentially swap out Agumon for Tracer. Sure, that's fair. Yeah. Potentially swap out Agumon for Tracer. All right. Um maybe he'll be Tracer. <laughs> maybe he'll be Tracer. <laughs> is he already Tracer? Uh and and honestly, like the the tracer crash Sora formation, mm-hmm. I think would also make sense because like, uh, then the fighters pass will be like mostly Western for the rest of the right. Like, oh, cool, a Western, a Western announcement, Eastern announcement, you know, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But my my official prediction is Agumon crash Sora. Okay. Yeah. And you? Monster Hunter, Chosen Undead, Arlie Naja. What order do you think that's going to be in? In the reverse order of what I just said. <laughs> you think you think Monster Hunter will be the big finale reveal? I mean, he's a bigger finale reveal than either of the other two. Except maybe Chosen Undead. Right. Ah, uh, sure. Arlie Naja, Monster Hunter, Chosen Undead. You think Chosen Undead will be like the big, like... Which one do you think it would be, Daniel? I, I think out of your three, it would be Monster Hunter. Okay, then but, yeah, sure. I'll, what I said at first. Yeah, I just, like, I feel like there is a character in the rest of the Fighters Pass that will be a bigger deal than Monster Hunter. I okay. think, like, I think Monster Hunter is like, yeah, yeah Monster Hunter is a big deal, mm-hmm. but like Sora, for example, would be like a big deal with a capital B. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that, as we've learned from previous Smash announcements, they don't always get the hype quite right. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're completely uh, right yeah. on that. You're 100% right. Yeah, so I'll just go with what I said initially. Yeah. Harley, Undead, Hunter. Like, they, they, they kind of, they, they did an okay job with the DLC, uh, with, like, the DLC pacing for for Smash 4. Mm-hmm. The last character announced for that was Bayonetta. Right. It was a highly requested character. Yeah. Like, that wouldn't be, like, 
my big showstopper. Yeah. But like it like Bayonetta made sense as a final reveal. But for Fighters Pass One, it was like it's Byleth, right? Wasn't that the last one? For Fighters Pass One it was Byleth. Yeah. However, they did that with the awareness. They when they announced that, we already knew there were gonna be more fighters later. Mm-hmm. So Byleth was never like the last character announced. Yeah, but they they were like more fighters are in development when they announced Terry. But imagine, like, if in Wicked, at the end of Act 1, instead of singing Defying Gravity, uh, the Wicked Witch of the West just walked off the stage. (laughs) And and then you had to wait for Act 2. That's basically what happened. And I say that as someone who enjoyed playing as Byleth. I don't know if that analogy fully holds up. I'd say a better proving of your point is that the last character announced for the base game ultimate Mm. was Incineroar. Oh yeah, that was bad. Yeah, and and they had not announced any DLC yet. Right. Right? So like that, yeah, that was them not getting the high price. So Mm -hmm. I I fully agree that that it's possible that the final reveal of Fighters Pass 2 will be less exciting than Sephiroth. Yeah. Yeah. So therefore Monster Hunter would be a great pick. Okay, good. That was, a, that was a little burn for you there. Uh-huh. <laughs> so funny. Although I think like I think the crowd hype will be lower for Monster Hunter than it would be for Sephiroth. Uh yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I think I think Monster Hunter has the potential to be exciting. Yeah. I just like I I, I try mean to, I try I still try to think of Monster Hunter's moveset and I it, like Byleth just like <laughs> looks me in the face with those eyes. I mean like thinking, you know, like thinking back to my initial slate of predictions, like I would not have made Monster Hunter the last thing to get announced. Yeah. But with my remaining predictions, it's like what else am I going to do, you right. know? Yeah, you could you could like always I'd... you could always like uh if you wanted to change out any of your predictions I, right i would allow that at this point. no yeah and that's something that i don't know maybe i'll do you know in an episode or two but as of right now these are my my three boys and girl all right yeah all right all right or you know i mean i guess really monster hunter or chosen and dead could either be boys or girls yeah you're true yeah. yeah you're you're three peeps yep my three peeps uh okay all right. Well, that was that was a lot, but we're not done quite yet. Nope. Because we still got to open some listener mail. I open the mailbox. I take a, a mail out. What have we got here? Can you read this for me, Daniel? I can't read. <laughs> you can't read. Oh, oh, the smash lore. The smashing theory lore. Yeah, it's deep. Uh, deep like a swimming pool. Yeah, you know, it's got a deep end. Swimming pools do. Kids can't go there. <laughs> They'll drown. <laughs> All right. Yep. History Bowler on Twitter says, I'm flabbergasted by the inclusion of Cosmo Canyon, but in a great way. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Flabbergasted. Yeah. Flabber history bowler. Name's not Flabbergasted. <laughs> I'm flabbergasted by your response, but in a bad way. <laughs> anyway, thanks, history bowler. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree on I, both counts. I agree, too. Uh, Unsaxon51 sent us an email. Oh, email. Uh, this this one, uh, this one came in... Uh, after we recorded okay uh game awards but before it went up mm-hmm. 
Uh, so Unsaxon51 says, Hey, Sean and Daniel. Hearing your great ideas for a Tracer announcement trailer at the Game Awards triggered something in my brain that somehow had <laughs> never occurred to me before. Hmm. Overwatch Spirits. Ah. Off the top of my head, here's some concepts that I think would be amazing. Okay. Winston. Donkey Kong with increased jump height and <laughs> drop-down spirit ability. Bastion. Rob with auto-heal and a steel diver item. <laughs> Widowmaker. Zero Suit Samus with a staff item. She runs away and only attacks from a distance. Huh. Genji. Sheik, but she only uses needles and her final smash. <laughs> uh, and Farah. Samus with a jetpack item that uses missiles. Excellent. Yeah. Those are really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have any other ideas for potential Overwatch spirits? Ooh. I'm still not sure how I feel about Tracer as a possible Smash character, but I can't deny that it would be a really neat thing if it happened. Guess we'll see <laughs> after the Game Awards on Saxon 51. Okay. Uh, yeah. I also am no longer sure how I feel about Tracer as a sure. possible DLC character, so I feel you on Saxon. But yeah, any other... Any other... Hmm. Symmetra. Zelda with three mini Robs. Oh, that's cute. Oh, I like that. <laughs> oh, you. that's good. That's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> uh, Diva. Uh, Wendy Koopa holding a ray gun <laughs> that uh, that uses up B when, when her damage uh, is high. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, the ejecting thing. That's uh -huh. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Okay, I feel like we could do, like, one more each. Okay, let's see. Doomfist. Okay. Metal Little Mac. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. That makes sense. Metal Little Mac that's, like, slower and, like, uses punching specials a lot. Sure. Mm -hmm. Or also potentially just Captain Metal Captain Falcon that spams Falcon Punch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that works, too. Oh, yeah. I guess Wrecking Ball could be Metal Bowser Jr., Oh yeah, that's that's cute. Yeah, yeah, that's cute. With that's, with something else going on, uh, just just spam side B a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'll yeah. go with that. Okay, nice, good, good, good. All right, there you go. In Saxon Fifty One, we should really hypothesize spirits more often. We really should. It's, it's fun. It is. Thank you, on Saxon. Thanks. Chess Kitchen sent us another email. Don't play chess in the kitchen. You'll get cheese crumbs on the pawns. <laughs> Will I ever say Cheskitch's name without you making fun of their name that they picked for themselves? Definitely not. All right. Cheskitch uh, says, I accept my defeat that a Pokemon was not revealed as this DLC fighter. Hmm. You guys have said before that Pokemon seem to be added based on what's going on in the anime, so Nintendo could just straight up not care about whether or not the game is really relevant anymore and just go with whatever, <laughs> and just go with whatever the anime has going on. I will stay determined. Okay. But anyway, Sephiroth looks cool. I personally know next to nothing about Final Fantasy, and I'm not really excited about his inclusion, but based on the glimpses of his moveset we saw in his trailer, he looks very fun, and his sword is sick. I don't care what people say about him being just another anime sword fighter with a counter. This will not deter my excitement to have fun with him and stab Mario. Keep doing what you're doing, Chess Kitchen. <laughs> Thanks, Chess Kitchen. Thanks, Chess Kitchen. And yeah, I'm... Uh... I'll probably cool my jets on Sephiroth at least for a little while, because I'm sure that everyone will be playing Sephiroth for some time, but uh, I could see myself trying to learn him down the line. Yeah, 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 same. Thank you, Chess Kitchen. Thanks. James M. Clean your chessboard. James M. James is, M. Is... 
here with an email. Okay. Hey guys, I think Sephiroth is a great addition to Smash. The classic mode boss gauntlet is fun, and I enjoy all the added music. I appreciated Sakurai talking about how hard it can be to get a lot of music <laughs> into the game. Based on what we've seen so far, it seems like remaining slots will be opportunities to bring characters, music, and stages from a third-party franchise. However, I would like your thoughts on what percentage chance would you give a first-party Nintendo character hmm. to be in one of the remaining slots? I believe it's more than zero. Okay. Maybe 20%. James M. <laughs> That's funny. I was going to say 15. So Yeah. yeah. I think, I think 20% is a good number because yeah. I do think that we can't really discount the chance that they'll add another Pokemon. Sure. Just one maybe we're not expecting. Yeah. And yeah, I, I could see, you know, maybe like uh, a new Zelda representative to tie in with the sure. 20th anniversary or... Yeah, that's fair. Or the 30th, the 30th 35th, 35th anniversary mm-hmm. of Zelda. Yeah. They just throw another Fire Emblem character in there for fun. <laughs> yeah, so much fun. <laughs> yeah, people definitely won't be like livid over that. <laughs> Yeah, it will be so normal about oh, yeah. it. They'll no. be so normal about it. They'll be it. great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I think 20, 15 to 20%. I think that's a good... Yeah. That's a good number. Because I don't think it's impossible, but it does feel like... My instinct is it's going to be third party all the way. Yeah, me but, too. Yeah, can't, yeah it, it can't discount the possibility. Yeah, it does feel like... Because, yeah, we, we had a first party character in the Spider's Pass already. Right. We, we got arms. Yeah. So I think, you know... We got one first party character at the end of the last Fighters Pass. That was mm-hmm. Byleth. So I think the rest of it will be third party. Okay. Yeah. I think they're, it feels like they're ramping, ramping things up at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah, they started with arms. It was a nice little, you know, nice little palate cleanser. Yeah. Then, uh, then they gave us Minecraft, which was a big deal, but also like, uh, but also, like, not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. Then they gave us Sephiroth, which is, like, <laughs> really big. So I wonder if things will keep escalating. Sure. It'll, I, I I think there will be a bit of, like, a... Yeah, there's going to be a letdown. Not, I don't know if letdown is the right word, but I do think there's going to be at least, like, a little Terry dip. Yeah. You know? Like, a little, like, okay, you have some big deal ones. Here's one that's less of a big deal, but still important. Yes. Yeah. Um, And I feel like that might be our next one. Okay. I feel like that'll be Fighters Pass 4. Cool. Agumon. Arlinaja. <laughs> and closing off with something that's weirdly becoming kind of a staple. <laughs> uh, Sergio V is back. All right. With some more this or that. All right, let's do it. Hey, guys, I would like to see what you guys would choose with the following. Yoshi series or Kirby series? Kirby series. Yeah, Kirby. That, Easily. That, yeah, that one's, that one's the easiest one here. Yeah. The Dragon Ball live-action movie or the Avatar The Last Airbender <laughs> live-action movie, American version specifically? Well, I saw the Dragon Ball one in theaters, so I think I'd have to go with The Devil I Know, because I've never seen the Avatar one <laughs> The Devil You Know versus The Devil You Don't? <laughs> yeah. I actually, I was going to say Dragon Ball Evolution also, okay. because, like, like, Dragon Ball Evolution was bad. Yes. It was, it was bad. Uh... Avatar: The Last Airbender, I have not seen, mm-hmm. but every time I see a clip from that, it's abysmal. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's it's hard to watch. And Dragon Ball Evolution was bad, but maybe not hard to watch. It was, yeah, it was kind of easy to watch that bad movie. Mm-hmm. 
No, yeah, exactly. You just, you like, uh, get yourself, you know, some popcorn and a fifth of vodka <laughs> and you just, uh, watch it. Yeah, you can kind of zone out for right. Dragon Ball Evolution. Avatar The Last Airbender, it's like, aggressively. It, it assaults your senses. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I say that as someone who, like, I like some M. Night Shyamalan movies. I liked The Village. I like Signs. But they, they shouldn't have given him that movie to direct. I, yeah, I don't think anyone really thinks that sac- uh, that uh, Shyamalan has only made bad movies. Well, right, right. But, you yeah. know, that did tank his reputation for, like, a decade. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I which wonder is if understandable. I've, I wonder if I've ever mentioned on the pod... Um, 2011 or something right yeah. 2000 between 2011 and 2013 right last year bender had come out pretty recently mm-hmm. uh a bunch of us maybe you were there okay uh went to go watch the midnight showing the midnight uh release of scott pilgrim versus the world uh, i believe i was there yeah we we went to go watch that movie in theaters midnight showing and one of the one of the previews was for i forget what it's called now but it was uh like this this new horror movie and like you know like the the trailer's ramping up mm. like it's it's showing like shots of a girls looking scared and stuff and then it just said like produced by M Night Shyamalan <gasps> it and was yeah Lady in the Water Lady in the Water yeah. and everyone in the theater groaned at the same time <laughs> yeah. and then as everyone realized that they were all groaning at the same time everyone started laughing I remember that <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I found out from like friends that weren't there that saw different showings of, <laughs> of, of like movies released uh-huh. during that time period that it was like a that was like a worldwide like wow. well you know at least like a national or, yeah. phenomenon yeah no like, that's yeah yeah like I mean it took him until Split to to like finally make a movie that people liked after yeah. Avatar oh that, that, that was, was an upward climb that was one of the worst like tanks of a career that I can remember seeing yeah. He he cameoed in This Is Us recently, so I guess he's been oh, doing better. That's yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he shows up as one of uh, Kevin's right. uh, movie directors. <laughs> one that like doesn't really like Kevin, that thinks he's kind <laughs> of a bad actor, but yeah. Good. Yeah, good good, good role for M. Night. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was pretty fun to see him there. Uh, Alright, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Sergio, back to this or that. Right. A Metal Gear Solid live-action movie with Kenny Omega as Snake? <laughs> or a Grand Theft Auto San Andreas movie with Michael B. Jordan as CJ? Oh my god. <laughs> you know what? GTA with Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I, I agree. Gotta, I, agree. I love Metal Gear, obviously, yeah. but he would be so good as CJ. Yeah, like, I, I also, I love Kenny Omega. Yes. Like, he's he is a wonderful meme of a man. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, like, in, in terms of, like you know like professional like right. undisputable acting chops i think michael b jordan kind of has the edge like yeah. he he would make a performance of cj compelling oh yeah um he'd be awesome yeah kenny, Ome- kenny omega would make snake fun yes he would be a fun performance of snake. yeah i mean that would be like the kenny omega version of that movie would just be like a great send-up to cheesy 90s action movies yes you know? absolutely um yeah. but i mean and then funnily enough uh that version of San Andreas would almost do the opposite thing. Yeah, it'd be more of like the like it would Grand like Theft take Auto. the tone of Grand Theft Auto and make it into something quite you know. Yeah, it it, heavy. it would become something you could take seriously. Yeah, exactly. Grand Theft Auto isn't really that at default. No, <laughs> they they tried with Grand Theft Auto Four. Yes, uh, but and sometimes it worked. So sometimes I I think if you were to go back and replay that, I think 
I think we would probably feel that it worked fewer times than we thought in 2008. <laughs> well, you do often feel that way about things that are older than five years old. Is is just the... <laughs> no, the I, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah. Yeah, I think the cutoff point is more than five years. But like, I'd say like things that are more than 10 years old tend sure. to have things in them that were badly thought out yeah. like back then and and now we're kind of in an era where you should think about you always should have thought about those things more but yeah. we're we're a bit more aware now and uh actually cur- curious do you not think that Grand Theft Auto 4 has probably aged badly oh i'm sure that all Grand Theft Auto games have aged badly yeah even GTA 5 yeah 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 like uh yeah, yeah. i just i think that speaking more broadly i tend to have a more positive view of older properties and you tend to have a more negative view of older properties for reasons that i understand yeah i'm not dragging you or anything i just think that we have different ways of perceiving old media yeah i i think i think just a larger part of like you viewing it that way is that like you tend to not go back you know like you kind of uh I don't I don't know if I'd straight up say that like your your glasses are like rose tinted or whatever <laughs> uh-huh. but like but you you kind of focus more on how you felt when you saw it mm-hmm. uh I tend to look back more the way that I think now I guess Yeah 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 No I I think for me like I I just prefer with limitations to appreciate things in the context of their time Oh yeah and I I I can do that yeah. but I think also like I don't want to kind of like there, there are there are properties that I have a fondness for that have aged badly. Yeah, but I I try not to I guess sweep those under the rug, right? Like yeah, I can, yeah. I can still appreciate the thing as long as I'm still calling attention to the stuff that doesn't work anymore. And of course, there are some properties like the first Ace Ventura movie, for instance, which I loved <laughs> as a kid, uh, and I can't watch now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Boy, Sergio, you've you've brought some you've brought some side discussions to the table. Yep, we can uh, do a whole podcast of this or that. <laughs> Doctor Robotnik being added to Smash Bros. or Porky from Earthbound being added to Smash Bros. Doctor Robotnik. Yeah, I I actually agree. I love Earthbound. Yeah, I feel like I think I have a fonder spot for Earthbound overall compared to Sonic, even okay. though I've loved Sonic for a much longer period of time. Sure, than I love Earthbound. Well, maybe not much longer at this point relative to the rest of my life. <laughs> but anyway, I. I still think Dr. Robotnik would be a better addition to Smash. Yeah. Like, I, I think he would bring more hype, mm-hmm. like, overall. And uh, and I can just, like, visualize his moveset better than I could visualize Porky's. Yeah. Porky's just kind of, like, crawling in that, like, weird little mech of his. <laughs> right. Like, side to side. But, like, Dr. Robotnik could just have his classic Eggmobile, you know? Yeah. And, like, swing the wrecking ball. No, like, I'm, I, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the pod before at some point, but uh, I've talked about the possibility of... Um, bowser jr uh like having a uh an alternate where it's just dr robotnik. right dr robotnik is an echo fighter for yeah. Bowser jr yeah i that's right i think the question was something like would you do an echo fighter <laughs> for a character outside of the franchise right yeah, yeah. That, and that was pretty good that was a pretty good one thank you all right last one chipotle or taco bell oh man yeah they're they're both great in their own ways, yeah. right? When you're in the mood for like real food, Chipotle. <laughs> yeah. But like when if you're you just m- want to stuff seven burritos down your gullet, Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. We're we actually <laughs> 
We actually have been talking about maybe getting Taco Bell after we're done doing this recording. Yeah, and I'm getting hungrier all the time. Yeah. I think I'd, pro- for me personally, I'd give the edge to Chipotle. Um, I think, I think I might give the edge to Taco Bell. I figured. Like, yeah, purely <laughs> like just the fact that I've been a slave to that, f- to, to, to that food <laughs> yeah. for like, you know, since I was like 12, right? Yeah. I just don't have that same attachment to it because my parents were like, just they would they would definitely have the attitude of like that's not mexican food we're not eating there you know <laughs> like why would we do that when we can go to mi pueblo or whatever um so uh i'm i'm a i'm a johnny come lately when it comes to appreciating guess, taco bell's finer qualities i guess that's fair and on the other hand like you know my my dad would just be like let's get some taco bell you know it's cheap and i <laughs> right. like i'm like oh this, this greasy nonsense i love it <laughs> Oh yeah, that's man, fair. I don't, I don't know what Mexican food tastes like for some reason, <laughs> but I love this. Uh, yeah, I do. Like, I'm, I'm not uh, knocking Taco Bell down. I think yeah. Taco Bell has its place in my palate. Right. But if you had to make me choose, I would go with Chipotle. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Like, I think that's a, that's a respectable decision. <laughs> Thank like, you. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd say my Taco Bell decision is tinted with, like, a bit more personal bias than sure. usual. I, I try to be objective sometimes, but Taco Bell is very much... Uh... You can't be objective when it comes to the chalupa. <laughs> <laughs> At least say the cheesy gordita crunch. You it's like you, it's, it's like you don't even know me. <laughs> you can't be objective when it comes to the good-to-go cheesy gordita crunch-a-roni. <laughs> Why do I ask you things? Crunch, crunch! <laughs> uh... Thank you, Sergio. Yes, thank you for giving us a this or that that didn't end with us getting into a really heated argument about something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. Although we, we, there's an alternate universe where we did that <laughs> with, the, with the movie question. Yes. Yeah. And if anyone else wants to ask us like this or that style questions or like give us games like that, yes. uh, those are those are fun. Just games. I'm just imagining like we wake up when we're supposed to be recording the episode that day and it's like saw. Like <laughs> I have a collar around my head that's going to explode if I don't dig a key out of your nostrils. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's... <laughs> You're, you're like, what, what's happening? And I'm just like standing over. He's like, this has been brought to us by Mitch E. Right. <laughs> Mitch E standing over us with like a remote control wearing a shy guy mask. <laughs> uh, miss you, Mitch E. Hope, hope you're still listening. Yeah. It's, it's cool if you got your own thing going on these days. But, yeah. Uh, all right. Thanks to everyone for their listener mail. Thanks. So, yeah. Close the mailbox oh, for God. you. All right. Thanks. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, if you want to know where else you can find us, we got a Patreon, patreon.com slash beep boop group. And yeah, there should be a new beep boop soup, which is our Patreon exclusive podcast yes. going up on there shortly. Uh, we've, we've had a busy few months, so I haven't been able to do like all the like bonus Patreon stuff I like to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after, after we do game of the year, I feel like I'll be able to, to focus more on, on cool. delivering fun content and, uh, the more support we get, the more I can focus on that kind of content. Yes. So please support us if the kind of stuff we've talked about sounds neat. Yeah, because if you like it and you give Daniel enough money that he can quit his shitty job, then we can make so much more of it than we are right now. <laughs> that's that's a, the, the goal is a lot of money from what we're making right now. Yes. But... So, yes. So, Michael B. Jordan, if you're listening and you like just <laughs> shouting you out as a phenomenal actor... And you feel like giving us millions of dollars, 
do it. Yeah, and you know, if you don't want to give us money, just you know, you want to hang out. Right. I will watch Naruto with you. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll even say Naruto. That's that's true. <laughs> there if, you go. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know how how dense in context that joke is. The the joke is that uh, Michael B. Jordan pronounces Naruto funny. Right. Uh, but he pronounces Sasuke perfectly. That's interesting. <laughs> Isn't it? Okay. Uh, next time on A Smashing Theory, the big boy. Oh. I, I guess another big boy in a series of big yeah, boys. Yeah, this was such a big boy. Yeah. Nintendo Direct 2021 predictions. All right. I, I think we are getting one in January, and we will predict the hell out of it, because I think it'll be a big one. All right. Predictorama. Yeah. Uh... So that will happen a week from now, okay. because the Sephiroth episode took a while to pop out. Yes. Uh, like a big baby. <laughs> so while you're enjoying this baby, yeah. uh, as you're finishing enjoying this baby, just know that a new baby will emerge uh, yes. very soon. And, uh, and it then... will be Nintendo-shaped. And uh, we'll see you next week. And in the meantime, I hope that you have a smashing time. Bye. Bye. Special, Special thanks. thanks! What the fuck? Why do you do this now? I was just, I figured, I, I was sitting here and I was like, as soon as I see him move his mouth, I'm going to do it too. So you're looking at my mouth, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, what do you think? I think it's pretty nice, man. Don't, not, don't do that. <laughs> Special thanks to Lonald. Thanks, Lonald. Well, man, I, I miss you a lot. Yeah. Lonald, <laughs> I want to play Among Us with Lonald. Uh, <laughs> that I haven't, so great. I haven't formally invited Lonald, but... Yeah, no, I, I'm like, A, that would be great. B, when the pandemic is over, Lonald is very high up on my hangout with in person list. Same. We got to get lunch or something. Yeah, he's he's like S tier in, yeah. in, the, in the need to hang out with list. Once once we're allowed to see people without masks on. <sighs> well, I guess allowed is once. Right. <laughs> once I feel yes, okay with once it. Once it's safe. Yeah. Special thanks to Nymph. Thanks, Nymph. I don't know why I'm doing this, Nymph. What's wrong? What the heck is wrong with me? I turned into a cowboy when I said your name. I want, like, I wonder the percentage of times that you've accidentally become like a prospector while thinking Nymph, because this is not the first time this has happened. Well, by golly, I'll be a buzzard in the boondocks. Thanks, Nymph. Special thanks to my fiance, Lee. Thanks, Lee. Didn't do it that time. I was my normal self. You literally just said it in a country accent. Thanks, Lee. <laughs> Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Lee. Uh, I'm excited to get out of here. Uh, here being our, <laughs> our makeshift studio. Right. And, uh, and asking you if you want to get tacos with I'm excited to get out of here and, God, I don't know, shove a single piece of cheese in my mouth or something. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm really hungry. But this isn't about you. Thanks, Lee. <laughs>
<laughs> Lee, my gift to you would be seeing how put out Sean looked when I said that. <laughs> Special thanks to Mr. Cool Red Luigi. Woohoo! <laughs> Game over! You looked like you were about to die as you let out that who part. Ah! me! <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Cool Red Luigi. Oh, God. <laughs> Time to go. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Royce. Yeah, thanks, man. Love, love you. the stuff you bring to the table. <laughs> <laughs> Special thanks to Cool Gabe. Cool Gabe, Cool Gabe, Cool. I can't believe that you went to school. <laughs> You can really you've, you've read done and that. write and do math and that's all right with me, cool game. You've done that before. You've 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 been incredulous that cool game <laughs> potentially has an education. Cool game, you're so cool. I'm so glad that you follow the rules. You stop at stoplights and you never get into fights. Cool game. The, you never know if any of this is actually true. What if Cool Gabe just like nonstop just fucks people up? Cool Gabe, you're so bad. I can't believe that you beat up my dad. <laughs> 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 thanks, Cool Gabe. Thanks. Special thanks to Vinny G. Oh, Vinny G, man. I'm so thankful for your existence on this earth. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you you always say such like interesting things in the Discord. You really yes. spice up. Yeah, you're the really liven there. Liven up the convos. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw you react to Sean saying that he watched Soul and really liked it. I wonder what your thoughts on Soul are. Me too, if you've yeah. watched it. Yeah. Who knows? I'd I'd love to hear a Vinny take on Soul. Me too. Thanks, Vinny. Yeah, thanks. And finally, special thanks to Vinnaburr. Thanks, Vinnaburr. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Mm-hmm. I was really preserving that one, you know, <laughs> for to use it at the right time. In the same way that if you wanted to pickle something, you would put it in a jar and then fill that jar. No! <laughs> no! With vinegar. <laughs> no, you were so close. Oh, you could have left it. Oh, you could have left it alone. Oh, I'm so sorry, Vinegar. Never. <laughs> oh, oh, Vinegar. Thanks, oh, Vinegar. Thank you for putting up with this every, <laughs> every month. Special thanks to all of our special thanks patrons. If you want to be special thanks, uh, you can give us $20 a month yeah. on patreon.com slash group. And we will special thank the hell out of you. Yeah, and you know, if your name sounds or rhymes with a condiment of some kind, or a sauce, seasoning, preservative, uh, you know, definitely contribute $20 <laughs> in particular. I'm calling out to you. I think it'll be great. Can't explain why. I've just got a feeling. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Estwan's interius ira ve hemanti Sephiroth. <laughs> that was close.